3: Monday. Victory Monday is always sweet, but it is added. It is that much more sweet when it's against the stinking weasel cockroach lowlife cowboys. Welcome in, everybody. Happy, happy Monday. One and all, we are sports take. I am Rob Ellis, my man Tone to Shields is in for Derek Gunn today. Hope you guys are all doing well. Tone, how you doing, my friend?
4: Oh man, oh man, oh man, how sweet it is to be loved by you. Rob Ellis, man, what a hell of a weekend for football! But what an even better weekend for our Philadelphia Eagles, man! I feel great. I'm elated. I'm ecstatic. I'm all the I'm all the adjectives that you can use. <laughs> I'm all I'm, I'm I'm all the words of positivity that you can add to this day. I'm I'm feeling all of those things, Rob. I'm feeling Amen. it. I'm, I'm up now. It's Monday. The sun's shining bright. Let's do it.
3: Woo! All right, what is up, sports on eighty-eight? What's up, Dylan? Twiz James, Dank Rich. Bry Guy, Mood Swing Bella, a.k.a. Maggie, Steven, Anthony Sports on, I saw Fitness Rebel. I haven't quite seen Christy yet. Chris, if you're in there, let us know. Uh, Robert, Mr. Taz, Man Bar, what is up, everybody? Yes, hope everybody's good. Fandalorian, Brandon, all of you guys, man. Happy, happy Monday to you. Tone, I don't know about you, man. Uh, that yes. was... <clears throat> That was one of those where you, you got it ended finally with the you know the tackle slash fumble on the two yard line and yep. it was I I I said it in the post game I think Lane Johnson said it too it was a dog years kind of game like you got done and you're like whoa I mean it, it, thank God it was a win because if that's a loss it's a killer but that was that took some some years off your life to close that thing out
4: that's what I was saying to my wife because me and her were watching the game and uh you know you know since you know Again, full disclosure: We, me, and my wife have moved to Texas. Yeah. Um, we moved here about a couple, uh, about a few months ago. We moved here in July, and I got to tell you, it was a hard transition for me because it takes me away from my element. Now I'm living in enemy territory. So we're sitting here watching this game, and, and you're right. It took so many years off of our lives, um, but for her specifically, she all she kept saying was, "I cannot go to work with this on my spirit. <laughs> I cannot go to work <laughs> on, on my Monday." Spirit. <laughs> I cannot go to work on Monday if the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles lose this game. I'm going to have to call out. I'm going to, have to do something. But yeah. lo and behold, the Philadelphia Eagles managed to pull out the win. Man, let's you know, let, let's just call it what it is, man. When you look at the stat sheet, right? When you look at all the stats, the stat column, you look at the way the quarterbacks perform. Let's just look at it from the Dallas Cowboys perspective, right? You know, Dak Press got 29 for 44. Uh, completes, I believe he completes about 64, 65% of his passes, yeah. um, three passing TDs. Uh, 374 uh, passing yards. Uh, you had CD Lamb, 11 catches, 191 receiving yards. Um, they, they 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 uh they they crushed you in terms of total yards. They had 406 total yards to the Eagles, 292. They yeah. ran a total of 70 plays to the Eagles, 59 plays. All you know, all those things. If you would have looked at that stat sheet before the game started, and the Cowboys, and, and you told the Cowboys, you'll get those numbers from Dak. You will get those numbers from CD Lamb. You'll get you, you'll get those you'll get that many opportunities. I'm pretty sure they would say, "Oh yeah, we'll take that, and we're going to win the game." Yep. But lo and behold, what happened? We saw two different teams take advantage of two entirely different set of opportunities, and it ended up working out in the Philadelphia Eagles' favor.
3: Yeah, I, I it's here's the amazing part. If you just look at the fourth quarter, which is you know in and of itself, it's it's unbelievable uh, what went down. So the Eagles get outgained one sixty three to fourteen. In the fourth quarter, 163 to 14. That's hard to do. All right. Um, so they, they had three the cowboys had three drives inside the Eagles 30 and came away with no points. In fact, the last drive they got down to first and goal at the six with 27 seconds left. False start, sack, incompletion, delay of game penalty, completion to Lamb mm-hmm. at the two-yard line, which he didn't score on. I, I mean, like, that's unbelievable. You can look at it one two ways. Like, you could either say fortunate or clutch, and the Eagles. What I like, Tone, is they have the ability, they've had this ability all year to win even when they haven't been on their A game. Like, they figure it out, whereas other teams can't quite figure it out to the level the Eagles have.
4: Yeah, the the biggest thing for me is you saw the Philadelphia Eagles play a very efficient brand of football on offense. And look, again, I look at it like this. The Cowboys threw their best shot at you. Like, Dak Prescott can't play any better than what he played look, you know let's just call it what it is he can't play any better than what he did right and you even had to deal with a one-legged jalen Hurts. so we're going to get into that as the show progresses but my thing is the dallas cowboys emptied the tank they emptied the entire chamber on the philadelphia eagles and they still came up short and only put up 23 points we have a lot of questions about the defense that we're going to adjust later on but If you would have told me the Philadelphia Eagles gave up 23 points to this Dallas Cowboys team, knowing the way they've been playing, knowing how they love to put up points on on whack teams, if you would have told me the Philadelphia Eagles defense only gave up 23 points to Dak Prescott and those guys, I would take that because I trust our offense to be able to take advantage of opportunity, and that's what they did. Rob, they were, by far, they were perfect in the red zone. The Philadelphia Eagles literally took advantage of every opportunity that they could have on the offensive side of the ball, if you ask me. Oh, listen, no
3: question. I mean, as much as and we're gonna come down pretty hard, I think, on the defense in a lot of ways, but the offense oh, yeah. the offense didn't do them any favors late in this game. You know, the the hallmark of this team, Tone, early in the year was, and we talked about it a lot,
5: mm-hmm.
3: they could just end a game. They would get the ball with seven minutes left and, and eat the entire clock, <clears throat> the entirety of the clock. They they haven't had the ability to do that in a while. I mean, you, you think about it like the the those three drives that the Eagles had with the ball, it was three three and outs. They they went a combined 14 yards. You know, they ate no clock up and it turned into a punt. So you're basically just turning it right back over to the Cowboys and and some of the play calling. Why that deep shot? Like, why? What was the point of that? I, I don't understand that.
4: I'm with you. I'm with you 150% if that's even possible. Um, it, It's third and three. You ran the ball two times in a row to put you in a third and three three position. It's four minutes and 57 seconds left. The Cowboys have all their timeouts. You get a first down or you sustain in some capacity. They had to start using those timeouts. I felt like the Philadelphia Eagles, they kind of, see, it's so funny. Play calling was damn near flawless up until that third and three. Up until that third and three, because in my humble opinion, I felt like what, what should have happened was you run the ball again on third down, you keep the clock rolling. And then at worst, you put yourself in a fourth and one situation. Last time I checked fourth and one, fourth and one is damn near guaranteed for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I just felt like they 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 over they overcooked it. They overthought themselves in yeah. that situation. And that, and I'll be honest, that was the first moment in that second half where I said, Oh, the Philadelphia Eagles might lose this game. Because of poor decision making by the coaches, and that's something that's always concerned me in the long run. When it comes to the staff, the coaches will they make the right decision when it matters most? Will they will they put their egos and their arrogance to the side and just take the easy way to the finish line? Yep, and yeah, they didn't I- do that.
3: No, they didn't. Um, But there were a lot of, you know, look, there's certainly positives. There's no
4: doubt about that. I mean, oh, without think about a doubt, it. without a doubt. I mean, we're nitpicking here. Let's no, be we are. We
3: are. But because that's we, everything we do is with the mind of, you know, getting to the Super Bowl. But you know, think about what Jalen Hurts is doing right now. Really banged up, and he's never going to tell you what's going on. Nick's not going to tell you. That's pretty obvious at this point. But when when you saw him go down late in the second quarter and could barely, you know, get off the field, you know, he did come back in and. You know, they finished it off, but then he comes back out in the third.
4: I was scared, Rob. It,
3: it, was, it was frightening. It <laughs> I was scared. When you see Marcus Mariota warming up, man, it's scary. It's it's time to be scared. But he comes out there, and you know, when he engineers a couple of drives, uh, I think the best throw-catch combo of the season, that ball to Devontae is, oh is you goodness. can't drop it better in the bucket. And then Devontae makes a really good catch, too, because he's well-covered. I mean that was awesome. It was just flat out awesome. I I know All people will say AJ Brown's there. catch. Yeah, AJ Brown's one-hand catch
4: was sick. But that uh, was but more AJ was, Brown than anything, in my opinion. That was, that more, was more AJ. AJ this is
3: this yeah. was a two-way, just brilliant play by these two guys, man.
4: Absolutely, man. It, it, like I watched that play over and over because it's I think it makes the play that third quarter was so special by the Philadelphia Eagles because they damn near dominated the entirety of it, right? Yep. And Jalen Hurts. It was – you know what it reminded me of? It kind of reminded me of the whole Patrick Mahomes okey-doke. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles tweaked his ankle in the first half of that Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, you think you got him dead in the water. You think you smell blood. And all of a sudden, he comes back and just – that's what it reminded me of, right? Jalen Hurts tweaked that knee. They gave my man the IV. All of a sudden, he came back and put the bionic knee on. Came out. (laughs) Came out. And all of a sudden, just – you know, just gasing for two, you know, you know, for two touchdowns in that fourth quarter to take a double-digit, I mean in that third quarter to take a double-digit league man. Like that's what playoff football is supposed to look like. That's a franchise quarterback, a guy who doesn't lay down no matter what's going on, a guy who's willing to lay it out on the line when it matters most. And he goes out and he produces. Look, like I said, the Dallas Cowboys, they gave us their best shot their best shot they can't play any better than that I'm being told that that's my honest opinion they gave us their best shot their pass rush was getting home you know you know they got hands and feet on Jalen Hurts quite a few times Mm -hmm. um but the reality is with them giving the Philadelphia Eagles their best shot and still losing the game how do how do you come out of that the only the only thing that you can say to yourself was or is as a player okay we you know we were on the road right and but the, but the reality is the Philadelphia Eagles scored a, a, a tick above their average points per game. I believe they yeah. averaged what 26, 27 points per game? They're averaging and right around 28-ish. They're right, they were right on their number. Okay, much. and the Dallas Cowboys yep. what? They scored below their average. They did. Right? They did. You know, as far as yardage and everything, they did their thing in the passing game. Tony Pollard's still not really a factor, but the reality is the Eagles did what did what they normally do. The Dallas Cowboys. Did what they normally do, and the reality is they fold on the road. They yep. fold when it matters most. And look, Dak Prescott played a hell of a game. Yeah, I want. I want to listen. You know, it's it's sad because if Dak Prescott wasn't a Dallas Cowboy, I would. I would. I would have a lot of love for Dak Prescott if he played for any other organization. If he played for the damn Vikings, I'd be like, yep. oh, I like that guy. Yeah, you yep. know what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. he plays for the Cowboys, so by proxy, I have to um, disparage him as much as I possibly can. Yeah.
5: <laughs> but the reality I,
4: is, he played. Right. He played. He played a great game but it wasn't great. It wasn't great enough. Close, but no cigar. Yes. You got,
3: you got a cash in those last couple drives. There was a lot that went on, you know, in those last couple drives. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. The not so good. And this is, this is real stuff is Dallas Goddard uh, with the forearm injury. Now. So what we're hearing, uh, Tom of the NFL network is reporting. It's a fractured forearm. They're hoping to have surgery. If the swelling goes down as quickly as today, which makes sense. The sooner he gets the surgery, the sooner he could come back. So, The hope is this is a four to six week injury. Okay. So if that's the case, if you're looking at the timeline here, obviously you're going to be without him for the, for this, you know, critical stretch right here, but that's okay. Like to me, I'm already moved past that. I'm just hopeful that they can get him back by the end of the season. Okay. Before the playoffs start, like, all right. So if you sit here right now, November 50, as the injury, let's say, let's say December, uh, Seventeenth. Let, let, let's say maybe you could get him back December 17th at Seattle. Even if you can't get him back then, okay, let's get him back for Christmas Day. Let him play in those last three games. Get his legs back, his conditioning back, and then he's ready to roll in the playoffs. So if that's the case, if that's what it ends up being, I'll take it, man. I'll take it. It could have been a lot worse. This thing could be season-ending, and you wanna, it looks you like right now they may have
4: dodged that bullet. You want to hear something fascinating about Dallas Goddard? You know, and this is the same point of the season. Where he got hurt last year. Yeah. This week it was week, this year was week nine. Last year he got hurt in week 10. And at that moment, the Philadelphia Eagles were eight and one at both of those junctures. Yep. That is such, that is so freakish when you think about it. It's almost like clockwork. And that makes me nervous again. You know, this is why, and I'll be honest, I was one of the people that didn't understand it at first. Yep. But maybe Harry Roseman has some kind of foresight. This is why you this is why he probably wouldn't got Julio Jones because you still give yourself another weapon, another big body, another guy who has reliable hands. Say what you want about how much gas he has left in the tank, but from a technique, from just being a pure wide receiver, Julio Jones has all the traits. Only thing that's the only thing that's betting against him is age and endurance. But as far as skill set, Julio Jones has a skill set that can. That can be challenged with the best of them, but again, he's an older guy. So right. again, I was one of those people who didn't really understand the Julio Jones move at first, but with Dallas got it going down and knowing that you have him in the tuck, and I, I'm a Jack Stoll guy, I'm not as concerned as I would be if I was any other team because the Eagles have just a lot of depth right there, receiver right now. Right. And I mean, you know, I, I trust Jack Stoll. He he he's never hurt the Philadelphia Eagles yet. All he's done is catch the balls that come to him. He's a tremendous blocker, so.
3: Don't forget Alberto, Alberto can play. Um, you know, he's, he's a move that they made late too. We don't know about Calcaterra. He's coming off concussion issue. He had concussion issues in college, but yeah, stole solid. You know, he's solid. He's going to do his thing. And yeah, the size thing that, that Julio brings to the table, especially in the red zone could be big. This is where we could see him play almost some kind of hybrid position maybe at this point, but yeah, that's a real thing. Here's the other thing, Tom, even beyond that, um, you know, if, if, you, say, if we, you and I sat here before the season started we, and I said to you, all right, they're eight and 8-1 going into the bye, going into this stretch, you'd be thrilled. I would have been thrilled. I thought they would have at least yeah. two losses because there's always that stumble yes. game, and the Jets were the stumble game, but there's always seems to be some other game that they would stumble on. There hasn't been. Uh, in fact, they are now – they have they have held the best record in the NFL for 27 consecutive weeks, 27 straight weeks in the regular season. That I mean that's unbelievable. you know you, you play 34 in two years now with, with the 17 game schedule. so 27 straight weeks with the best record in football. However they get it done it's not always pretty it's not always the way you would hope you would you would just yeah you know, hey I'd love for them to kill teams and this and that but somehow some way they seem to figure it out and get it done. That is a real testament to this these coaches. The front office and the players that they've been able to maintain like this for as long
4: as they've—I mean, the whole two seasons. Hey Rob, you know what's so funny? On July, on July fourteenth this year, on a Friday, yep. I filled in. I feel different. I filled in for D Gun. And really quickly, before I get this point across, I want to send a lot of love and uh, prayers to our guy Derek Gun. Um, going through some family matters right now. Mm-hmm. Um, sending sending a lot of love, a lot of prayers, um, yep. a lot of hope, and, and a lot of optimism. Um, to Absolutely. his way and, his, and, and you know uh, to him and his family's way. Um, we love you, D Gun, and mm-hmm. uh, we and we're gonna hold you down, you know, for as long as we possibly can. Yeah. Um. Listen, man, we got your back. Uh, first and foremost. Yep. Well said. Um. So on July fourteenth, when I was covering for D Gun on a Friday, you and I talked about the schedule, and we kind of went through it ourselves, and we discussed what where were the wins, where were the losses, right? And for me, I had us. Beating the Patriots, beating Minnesota, beating Tampa Bay, beating Washington, beating the Rams, losing to the Jets. Right. I had that. So, but under different circumstances. (laughs) I didn't think it would look that way. I thought Aaron Rodgers would be the reason. But nonetheless, I had us losing that game. And this is my first time looking back at this, by the way, since then. I haven't looked at this since then. So it's just funny how things come full circle. I I had us losing to Miami, but we ended up winning that game. And I had us beating Washington, and I had us beating Dallas. Basically, I had I had us being seven and two going into the mm-hmm. bye. We're eight and one. Yeah, come on, baby. What more can you ask for? Beggars can't be choosers. You feel me? Uh, right. I agree.
3: I agree. And the other thing is, the bye couldn't be hitting at a better time. You think about it. Obviously, the Goddard injury is the headliner. The Kobe Dean with the foot. We don't know how serious that is. You had guys dropping like flies. Bradbury yes. goes down at one point. In His the flag final down. drive.
4: Oh my it's God! Like, yeah, hey, Bradbury back to back plays? How can that happen?
3: I mean, earlier in the game, Jordan Davis, and like like on and on and on. Now most of the Fletcher Cox, most of those Reddick went down at one point. Those guys all came back, thankfully. But yeah, there was a lot of that. You're right. I mean, they were literally like just throw like like all right. Now you get in the slot. You get in the slot. You get in. The, we got to try anything we can here. And I like I have more, I guess, understanding and and leeway and leash that I'll give the defense because I know that. They didn't have any intent on Eli Ricks playing a major role or Josiah Scott or Josh Job. You're asking guys to do things that they're just not accustomed to doing, or they're not ready yet. They need seasoning and they're being thrown in there against, you know, grown men. So it's hard for those guys. So I get it a little bit more, uh, you know, but you're surviving it. When you had to make a play late, you made a play late. There's something to be said for that, even though it doesn't look like a work of art.
4: And those are the signs of a high caliber team those are the signs of a team who are capable who is capable of getting the job done under the most dire circumstances rob let's really think about this right dallas cowboys when they've won their defense has either forced a turnover or scored on defense or the special teams have scored so on and so forth they've been they've, they've been getting points from all these different places defense special teams right not not really the conventional way on offense. This is the actually this game against the Eagles was the best their has looked all season. But my point is the one the one game where your defense and your special teams can't get any points for you, you can't you, you, you can't get it done. And I mean, this isn't the only game because we've we've seen it against the uh the Cardinals, we've seen it against the 49ers, right? When yeah. they're when their defense and their special teams aren't scoring for them, they have yeah. a hard time putting points on the board. Big time, like it's Again, these are the marks of a team, the Philadelphia Eagles. These are the marks of a team that no matter what the circumstances, rain, sleet, or snow, they are trained to go. You Mm got to like – I'm willing to bet on a team like that. This is like the second – how many games have we seen the Philadelphia Eagles be down at the half? Oh, a ton. It seems like they just – it seems like they just pull off the Clark Kent suit and tie, and all of a sudden Superman comes out. It's just a different style of football that not many teams – are yeah. capable of playing. This team is battle-tested. You can make an argument, in my humble opinion, I think they're more prepared to win it all this year than they were last year because mm-hmm. everything was so perfect for them last year. This year, yep. they've gone through trials, tribulations, ups, downs, injuries all across the board, a very imperfect defense, um, imperfect play calling on offense. But this team still has this culture. They have this identity. They have this They have this aura. This. They have this know-how. Winning is a skill. Let's be honest about this. Winning oh, is a skill. W-
3: winning's a skill, and the other thing is this team has a clutch gene. So a think clutch about gene.
4: It. yes, bingo. You had
3: the you had the blanket chip tackle on on Schoonmaker right at the at the goal line. You had two money sacks on consecutive plays late in the game. Then you had the you know the big sack in the last drive. Like you know, Brandon Graham is a guy who's been there, done it before. You know, in big moments, he's got the clutch gene. Uh, Reddick has the clutch gene. There's something to be said for that. It's an intangible, but it's there. Even even the play that, that Graham makes, where he, he he didn't he didn't make contact with him, but he and it's a bad play by Dak. He's got to stay in bounds. But the fact that he was right there with him forced Dak to to cut that thing as tight as he could cut it, and he steps out of bounds on the two point conversion. That changes everything. If that's a three point game, Dallas is going about their business completely differently now. The Eagles may play their defense a little bit differently too, no doubt. But if you're – you know, they would have kicked the field goal. We're probably in overtime if -hmm. if they have that two-point conversion. But they didn't. So there were big plays made on both sides where the Eagles made big plays and the Cowboys didn't. And that's the difference between winning and losing a lot.
4: It's a game of inches. Like, you know what's so funny? Everything about this game of football that we love so much, Rob, came to fruition in this game, right? It it was a game of inches. Uh, The ball, ball, you know, bouncing your way. Let's be honest about this, too. We, We didn't talk about this yet. The Philadelphia Eagles fumbled that ball like three times yesterday. Three oh,
3: actually,
4: is luck? There was
3: luck involved
4: in, in a bunch. Yes, of them. It's, it's sometimes it's better to be lucky than to be good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, some the fortune favors the bold, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna keep it funky. You know, the last thing I want to do is lie to the people. I'm watching that game. First of all, every Eagles game, it doesn't matter the opponent. I'm always on the edge of my seat because I think about guys' health. Yeah. Um, I think about so many things that can go wrong. Right. Yep. So I'm always, on the, I'm always on the edge of my seat, no matter who the opponent is. Yeah. So th- there were plenty of moments throughout this game where I'm sitting on the edge of my seat and I'm nervous, mainly because of self-inflicted wounds on the Philadelphia Eagles side, ter- yeah. uh, ill-timed penalties, um, fumbling the ball, and somehow someway landing on it. Shout, shout out to Tyler Steen, man. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> shout out to the rookie Tyler Steen. That an play game.
3: is enormous. That would have been toned. That would have went down in our memories as one of the biggest disasters ever. Uh, and 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 it's so clumsy and clutzy of a play. But yeah, that's a huge play that he recovers that. The fact that that, that um Swift gets his own earlier is a miracle. The wall ball bounced mm-hmm. right to Jalen on the one. The first, where he got the first drive. Back. So Man. many times. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes good fortune is 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 on your side and you need to be fortunate. And that was that was enormous. It really was. And still Dallas had a chance to
4: win the game. Yes. They had a chance to yes. win the game. And when yep. it mattered most, and this is this is their mo. Yeah, I don't care what anyone says, and I'm and I'm going to live and die on this thing. When it's when the rubber has to meet the road, when it's time to pay that bill, when the rent is due. Yep, the Dallas Cowboys always come up short. Yeah, and guess what, baby, the rent man when the rent when the rent is a thousand dollars, he ain't taking nine ninety nine. Yeah, you dig what I'm saying? And that, yeah, and that yeah. game was and that game was all about that one cents, that one percent of fortune that one percent of effort that one percent of clutchness that game was literally one that game, the, the difference between the outcome of that game is maybe the length of a football no doubt. that's insane
3: the, the schoonmaker play i mean or or dak stepping out of bounds it's all it takes it's amazing yeah. it really is it, it was it's that kind of game it's a kind of game if you're on the wrong side of it i mean you got to be just destroyed this morning but if if you're on the right side of it, man, it's survive in advance. And now it's now you can go, get healthy,
4: rest. I mean, these guys are are beaten. Could up. this buy have been better placed? No, it's could this buy have been placed any better? This might have been the most perfectly placed buy I've seen throughout the season. Because sometimes they give teams buys after week five, week six. Yeah. I'm like, come on, really? Yep. This buy couldn't have been placed any better. The football gods. They they shine a bright They shine bright because now you buy yourself two weeks for Gauda to get healthy, even though he's going to be on IR most likely. You still buy yeah. yourself some time where you cannot yep. think about football and you can really yep. figure out how you want to how you want to play this. Um, you know, while he's out. Uh you can uh Jalen Hurts can, you know, you know, rest that knee. Um, all the other guys, you know, Slay Bradbury, they can regroup. Uh Kevin Byer gets another opportunity to really digest the film. You know what I mean? So listen, um, Philadelphia Eagles fans regardless of what the national media is doing, because I've been watching a lot of national media this morning, uh, Robin, then I'll let you go. Um, yeah. well, the narratives are, you know, should the Cowboys be optimistic or um, uh, Dak Prescott played a hell of a game? Yeah. No, it's the Cowboys
3: stuff. should feel great about themselves because they yeah, lost the game Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm hearing all of it, that there's jargon. There's a lot in of my,
4: that. Yep. And in my, in my thought process is, hold on, wait. Last time I checked, they lost the game. Yes. And they also had an opportunity to win the game. No. And they question. came up short. Yep. So you know what? Listen, when are it's lonely at the top, right? And when you're eight and one, man, maybe it's not sexy to talk about. And you know what? Maybe, maybe I had maybe I have to be comfortable with uh being great because when you're great you're not really talked about that much so i don't know maybe maybe you. it's me i, I don't right. know but maybe, maybe it's us right, Maybe, maybe it's I, us. It
3: probably is all right so we come back we'll dive into the offense the good the bad the ugly we'll dive into the defense what they can do how much of this can get better in certain ways who came up big they still had five sacks in the game we'll talk about that uh cleaning up the penalties a lot to do here you don't want to go anywhere man this is a this was a wild one yesterday. This is one we're going to remember for a long time—the Eagles-Cowboys yeah. rivalry, that's for sure. It was a game of survival. All right, so we'll talk about that all when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about the great folks at Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I've been going there since I was a kid. They've been family-owned since 1985. You got Alex and the crew. I was in there. I, I got the I got the chance, and I'll, maybe I'll grab the picture for you guys at some point to do a little pizza flipping stick it in the brick oven uh it was awesome it was fun i had a lot of fun with those guys on friday hanging out there uh they have 20 different styles of pizza daily they have slices to go they have any kind of pizza that you want specialize it your way and they will make it but they just don't do pizza it's fresh pasta it's sandwiches it's wraps it's, wings, it's salads the other big thing is bravo pizza of havertown is also committed to the community They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for Little Leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of, at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania, 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call right now, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown.
6: I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street. And uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
12: Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your green house? Is your roof, siding, deck, stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250.
13: Welcome
3: back, everybody. Eagles beat the Cowboys. By the way, I haven't noticed uh, Tone and Tony Shields in for D-Gun. I haven't noticed any of our Cowboys uh, friends in the chat. I, I wonder why that is. I mean, it, it generally um, what happens is when they win, somebody kicked over the rock and then they come crawling out and then and, and we hear from them. And when they lose, it is radio silence. So I'm just I'm just curious, you know, is it maybe it's a coincidence that they're not around today. I wonder.
4: Man, Rob, let me let, let me just keep it all the way funky with you, man. The reality is if they would have won this game, they would have been relentless, they would have been insatiable, they would have been talking about we told y'all the Eagles were pretenders, it was only a matter of time. Uh-huh. But guess what? Now they're trying to play the humble card. Now they're trying to um pretend like, hey, it's only week nine, uh, oh you know it's 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 okay. Back to the drawing board. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we learned a lot about ourselves this week. Hey, um, we, you know, uh, the, the Eagles got lucky with all these calls. Last time I checked, the refs called ten penalties on both sides. Yep. Ten and ten. Twenty penalties yep. were called, and the Philadelphia Eagles did everything possible to give you the game. Mm-hmm. Yet you could not take advantage of the dish that was given to you, served up nicely on the silver platter yep. so no wonder they're MIA. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you know what you know we need you know we need this you know we need to send the 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 military police man because these guys are um these guys what is it uh absent without leave
5: <laughs> you know what i'm
4: saying they <laughs> yes. went they 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 went a wall but guess what what this is this is the sad part their cowboys were left kia killed in action so yeah. it's all right man i understand yeah. you got a funeral to attend i'll be there Absolutely. right there Waving my hanky, okay? I'll be <laughs> at the funeral, man. I got the eulogy ready and prepared for you.
3: Um, all right, so a couple things to uh, to dive into here, Tone. Uh, l- let's not gloss over Jalen Hurts, all right? L- let's go back to this for a minute. So against the Cowboys, 17 of 23, 207 yards, two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. Now, I, I understand in comparison, you know, throwing for 207 yards is, is not going to blow anybody away. But if you watch the game, he was highly efficient. He's doing this in a a pretty severe amount of pain, despite not letting on, you know, about it. And he's still doing what he has to do. In fact, the last two games, 566 total yards, seven touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, This is a guy who is getting better and better in the pocket. You know, it wasn't just that. Like, even on that first drive, they went for it twice on fourth down. One was a touch push The other one was a great throw to Goddard. Oh, dime. I mean, a great throw. Dime. A great job by Goddard, too. But, I mean, just, just excellent, excellent throw. And, and he's he's getting better and better with those sort of touch balls that aren't deep shots, that aren't sort of wide open. But you got to drop it over the first level of defenders. He, he is just growing and growing and it, it, it's a shame because one element of his game has kind of been taken away a little bit minus the tush push with the knee, but he's, he's just adapting and doing exactly what he needs to do to help his team win.
4: Absolutely. You know, and I, I, I think what you're speaking of, right. You know, with that, with that touch, you know, I'll take it a step further and say the ball placement, right. His ability to put the ball exactly where his guy needs it so they can make a play. Right, and again, he's just such a clutch performer. He's so dynamic on third down. He's he's so dynamic on fourth down. Yeah. And we have to really, as a foot, as a football culture, right, as fans yeah. of the NFL, and I mean everyone, right, not just us, Rob. And I'm pretty sure this this doesn't really apply to us, but I'm just talking everybody in general. The NFL war, the NFL world, has to put start putting a lot more respect on Jalen Hurts' throwing ability. He can throw the ball. He can he can win you games, right? Now, do you if you want to sit here and debate, oh, who's the greatest arm talent in the NFL? Okay, who's the who's the most talented individual? Okay, all right. We can you can have those conversations, but the reality is this is the NFL. And Everybody's pretty talented for the most part. Everyone has a different, varying skill set that allows them to get the job done. Everyone doesn't just like just how in real life, everybody doesn't drive the same car. But guess what? You still get to work on time, right? No matter what you're driving. So my point is, Jalen Hurts, he may not throw like a Patrick Mahomes or a Joe Burrow or a Jill, or or or, or a, a, a Josh Allen or whatever. You can listen. I'm not here to debate those guys' talents. But we need, to start, we need to start talking about him in the same breath as a guy like Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. And I always put Patrick Mahomes, he's just on God tier. That's just a different level of football player. But we had to start putting him in the category with those guys, the Lamar Jackson, so on and so forth. Um, we have to put him in those conversations because not only... Does he not only does he throw the ball very well, you can literally track his progression, you can track yeah. where he where he's taking his game and he wins. He wins games. Last time I checked, you don't pay quarterbacks for 500 yard performances. You pay them to win games. Organizations are paying for wins. They're not paying for stats because stats help you get paid. Yeah. But when but 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 wins wins that helps that helps the organization. That helps everyone eat. You dig yeah, what I'm no, saying? No That's doubt. And I think the, the other thing you have
3: need to have look to. at. His numbers in the pocket are awesome. Yeah, Rob.
5: Come on. And the
3: notion is that he can't, he doesn't do as well from the pocket. It's sort of unscripted stuff and him taking up. Not the case. It's not, it's just, it's just false. His numbers in the pocket are very good.
4: It's cherry picking. People, people, because, because he's a dual threat guy, people love to say, oh, he, there's a ceiling on his game or he can't do this or he can't do that. And the reality is, last time I checked, he's winning games. He's he's passed. He's delivering the ball efficiently. You know, what's so crazy. Let me let me let me throw something at you, Rob, man, because, you know, if we're going to talk about Jalen Hurts, right, we're going to talk about this the proper way. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So over the past over the past several weeks, let's just let's just go back to the Rams game. Right. Sixty five percent. Sixty five point eight completion percentage. The Jets, sixty two percent is worse of the season, I believe. Um. Then Miami, 74% completion percentage. Washington, 78% completion percentage. Uh, Dallas, 74% completion percentage. Two back-to-back weeks, no interceptions thrown. Um, Three weeks in a row with a passer rating of over 109. The dude is playing tremendous football. And let's just talk about the career, right? Let's just talk about the progression just as a quarterback in the NFL. Year one, um, only starting four games. Uh 52% completion percentage. A year or two, first year as a starter, 61% completion percentage. Took his team to a, a nine eight record and a playoff berth. Lost the game, but they took him to a playoff berth. 2022, 66 percent completion percentage. Made it to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, lost the game. Year year four as year four in the NFL, year three as a starter in 2023, 68 Point nine, nearly a sixty-nine percent completion percentage, almost completing seventy percent of his passes. Seven out of seven out of ten of the passes he throws gets to the destination, but he yep. can't throw the ball. They better get the hell out of my face, Ari.
5: It's just they false. better stop
4: playing. Yeah, it, I mean, it's,
3: what what, it's, 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 just, what it is? You're believing some made up narrative, or you're looking at what he was maybe the very first year when he jumped in there, not who he is now, not not when he's getting fully formed, versus you know when he was you know in the in the you know embryonic stage if you will so i mean he's exactly. just a different guy at this point and not to mention like look everybody out there is a tough guy in this sport okay they're all tough as nails i can't believe what they put their bodies through on a daily basis but even his own players are like dude we came in at halftime he's getting an iv and you know they're working on his knee but we never had any doubts like he those guys feed off of that kind of stuff that he's able to do uh-huh. and that, that, with that toughness, that, that grit, that determination that he brings to the table and just, yeah, just they being believe. out there. Yeah. They believe in him. And that goes a long way, man. It goes a long way. And I think it's one of the reasons why you see this team have the success that they have and the great regular season record 25 and two, you know, with this guy as the quarterback, it's not a coincidence.
4: You know, Rob, let me ask you a question, right. And this may be a personal question. So stop mm-hmm. me here. If, you know, if, 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 if I go too far, but has there ever been, a moment in your life where you had someone that was, you know, that was your leader, or someone that maybe you looked up to, um, somebody that you admired or respected, and as long as they were around, as long as they were in the right mindset, as long as they were upbeat, you felt like anything was possible. You felt oh. like you, you felt like no matter what, we're going to come out on the right side of this. Oh, one hundred
3: percent, one hundred percent. I felt that way. Hey, hey, my parents are a good example. I have I, and my whole life, they were a great support system. But I I've had buddies who like when, you know, stuff is hitting the fan who I can reach out to. All right, let's figure this thing out. We're going to get this thing done and blah, blah, blah. Like a lot of those kind of people in my life. I think it takes a village, man. So, uh, yeah. I, and I think this team's full of them. I think they're full of them. Like Hertz is one of those guys for sure. Brandon, look at Brandon Graham. We have been talking about how he wasn't. Where's he been? Blah blah blah. Yesterday, he makes three enormous plays for at 35 years old. Look at Kelsey. Still, I mean, you have the one play where they're in each other's face, and Kelsey's just you know, ah! you know, like there's something to be said for those guys, you know. And and I think Jalen is, even though he's you know 10 years younger than those guys we're we're talking about here, is absolutely one of those guys that that you just know. All right, this dude's behind me. As we're coming out of the tunnel, we're gonna be all right. We're, we're gonna be all right. He is absolutely that guy.
4: Listen, in the words of the all famous Ja Rule, "I'm not always there when you call, but I'm always on time." You feel <laughs> what I'm saying, Ari? The yes. reality is, Brandon Graham. We've been we, we've been calling for this man, BG. Um, you know, for the past couple weeks, man, we've been like, damn. Like, you know, I'm mean, we understand he's the he's the OG in the group. Um, yeah. Fletcher Cox called Fletcher Cox called him an old ass man yesterday. <laughs> but um, you know, the, <laughs> the re- reality is, man. When 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 you needed it, uh-huh. my God, BG just came in the clutch a second and a half. You might as well say he had two sacks, you know, on that you know on, on, on that final drive, man. And then yeah. he finds a way to push, do or, enough
3: to get Dak or, to step out, or, or
4: do enough to and you and come on, like BG thirty four year, like there's Chase no it. way he should have. There's no you saw how he was hawking Dak wow. down. That, that mm-hmm. that's a big man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he felt like he was carrying a ball and chain. It was crazy, but. Look, you know, it was just again, man. This offense um, efficient. You know, what was your thoughts on the play calling throughout the game? Because the reality is, I felt like Brian Johnson called a hell of a game. I saw creativity in the red zone. Um, things got a little tricky on the final couple drives in the fourth quarter. That's what really that was my cold. only beef. Was
3: the was but that was the my absolute, beef? I have no yeah, problem. Anything the else? absolute end game. Like they figured out a way to get Gainwell involved and be effective. Like that that play call on his touchdown on the first drive was beautiful. You know, and he makes a great athletic play with the dive and all that. That was really nice. No, I thought there was a lot of good design stuff that went on. I saw, I saw a little bit more motion uh, yesterday than we than we generally see from them. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. Again, I didn't like the deep throw when you were trying to milk clock late. If I if I'm going to hang my hat on one play that I think they should take back, I don't think they've been great in general as a team, defense and offense, with situational football this year. There's been a couple of instances, like when they threw the touchdown pass to A.J. Brown against Washington the first time.
4: Okay, you know, so you a, mean like to close like, yeah, like our games? Yeah, like little, that.
3: that's my okay. real issue uh, generally with the play calling. It's that kind of stuff. But no, I mean, all in all, you know, here's the other thing. A.J. Brown yesterday became the fastest Eagle ever to 1,000 yards receiving. He's he's done it in <sighs> nine games now. Like, it, it's a very good chance this guy might get to 2,000 this year. And it's being a little bit overshadowed nationally because of what Tyree kill has been doing, but you know, the, the truth is AJ Brown's been better over the last five weeks than Tyree kill. He has Tyree kill got off to a, a faster start, but AJ Brown, what he's doing this year is insane. Um, and you know, he had a good game. He didn't go crazy, but he still had a good game yesterday. And it was good. You know, Devontae is always a threat. He's always lurking, you know, and he had the big touchdown catch and he had a couple other plays that he made over there. It's a shame Goddard. I felt like was starting to get into a rhythm when he got hurt. And, that was you know, a
4: huge third. that was a huge catch by him though. I mean,
3: yeah, running catch. Yep, yep. So that that's tough. And if you're just jumping on with us, Goddard's got a fractured forearm. They're hoping to have surgery today. They're hoping it's only four to six weeks. If that's the case, I, like to me, that's best case. Like if, if that's what it is, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay if that's what it is. Because I was thinking done for the year. So that's yeah, good.
4: man, it, it it's, it's it's disheartening. You know, we talked about it in the first segment. This is the same point in the season where he got hurt last year. Um, I think last year I believe it was like a shoulder or like a collarbone, something like that. Collarbone, yeah, um, collarbone, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, this season, it's it's the forearm, man. He he's, he's just he's just a. Uh, let's be honest, man. I felt like that cowboy dude kind of jerked his arm a little bit, but it's you know <laughs> it, 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 it it is what it is. But yeah, you know the reality is, man. Um, the way this team is built right now. And look, the schedule only gets harder, right? You know, but you have a but you but you're able to relax, collect you know, collect yourself because this 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 I would hate to play the Chiefs after this week because this is the kind of game that takes a lot of out of you, just emotionally. The Germany game, you are saying yeah? Or yeah, right. the, yeah. the Eagles game? Well, yeah, the Eagles game? Eagles right. game. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, you know that that game, like the Eagles playing the Cowboys this week, and then if they had to play the if they had to play KC the following week, right? Man, it's just I. I would not be as optimistic because of what this game required. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. this, this game took so much. Out, it took so much out of us. We weren't even on oh, the field.
3: They have to, so, I, they do a man. They rarely ever say things like this, but, but almost every one of them was like, dude, this buy couldn't come at a better time. Like even Jalen said it. Jalen doesn't give an inch. He doesn't flinch, you mm-hmm. know, when talking about being tired or being hurt or any of that. And he even like selfishly. Yeah. You know, we like Slay said, this can't come soon enough. The, especially the look tone. They got You got Jalen, who's hurt, who's still a young guy. I'm not putting him in the same category with the older guys, but he's hurt. You got Slay in his 30s, Bradbury in his 30s, Fletcher Cox in his 30s, Brandon Graham in his 30s, Lane Johnson in his 30s, Kelsey in his 30s. Kevin, Kevin Byard
4: in his 30s. Kevin Byard.
3: You got some <laughs> older cats here who need the rest. They need it, man. So this is a perfect time. And, and Sirianni's really good with just get away from it, go heal up, you know, get away from football. He knows how to take care of his guys. He does. He's very good at that. And their and their sports science and all that stuff that they do. So I, I think you're going to see a rejuvenated, refreshed team. And the other the the other big part is the coaches will stay. You know, locked in and and huddled up and try to fix some of this stuff. I I feel like on the offensive side, they haven't fully clicked all year, but they can figure this out. The biggest thing is, they got to get the running game going. And the running game of late hasn't been good enough. Like yesterday's a good example of what you've been getting lately. 33 rushes, 109 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. It's not popping the same way with Swift. I know Boston Scott was, was out for personal reasons yesterday. Penny got one carry and Gamewell got a little bit of touches, but they, they have to, for the simple reason of, I want them to be able to finish games with their running game and not give the ball back to the opposing team. Like we saw earlier in the year.
4: Yeah, and that's kind of this team's bread and butter, right? You know, typically um, they, they're they really good at putting points up and then they're really good at, um, you know, kind of salting the game away with their running game. And we haven't really been able to see that because the reality is the Philadelphia Eagles last year, he, you probably would have never, the, the Cowboys probably would have never saw that ball again. You know what I mean? Um, right. But, but, you know, um, I, think, I think this goes back to that bye week. You know what I mean? I think this offensive line definitely needs to um, regroup um again guys like Kelsey and Lane those boys man they they definitely need definitely need some uh some TLC some tender loving care man uh but you're right though ultimately and another thing man this running game is you know when J- when Jalen Hurts is not as explosive as you know where you're accustomed to seeing him be the running game takes a hit you know the mm-hmm. Eagles don't have a traditional running game you know that's you know that's the that's the unfortunate reality but if if they want to Extend Jalen Hurts' career, so to speak, right? Yeah. They yeah. need to find a way to cultivate a traditional running game. Um, outside of those two outlier games, uh, versus Minnesota and Tampa Bay, I mean the Philadelphia Eagles, their run game has been pretty league average. So um I think they definitely need to go back to the drawing board and figure out, especially after this bye, what's going to be their approach going forward. Cause look, every game. Takes on its own identity, complexion, mm-hmm. and you got to do what it takes to win the game. And that's and that's what makes the Philadelphia Eagles special, regardless if it goes against their traditional um way of thinking, regardless if it goes against the game plan or what they accounted for, regardless of anything, they have this ability to morph and and mold themselves to the moment. And not many teams are capable of doing that. And I think that's where a lot of teams um that, that, that trait can make or break a lot of teams. Think about Miami, right? When certain things are not happening, they can't execute. The Dallas Cowboys, when certain things aren't happening, they can't win the game. You yeah. dig what I'm saying? It's only it, There's only maybe a handful of teams that can literally morph to the moment regardless if... Perfect example, Travis Kelsey was a no-show in Germany. What, 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 what did Patrick Mahomes do? He found a way to cultivate some offense in a way. Yeah. So, Again, those that sliver is what separates the Super Bowl contenders from just playoff contenders. Teams mm-hmm. that can just really change the fabric of their identity and mold themselves to the situation.
3: I, I agree with you. And, and the other, the, you, what you also see with the with the teams like that, like for example, Kansas City. You bring up Kansas City; their offense hasn't been nearly as good as it was last year their defense has stepped up right you they're know the de- eagles
4: can city's defense is top 5 they're good
3: they're man. really good what what seems to happen with the eagles is it, it's game to game but in game somebody somebody figures out a way to make a play somebody figures out a way to step up for them and that is is something that's absolutely absolutely been huge for them for sure um You know, look, the other thing is you got to figure out the tight end situation, whether it's Stahl, Calcaterra, Albert O, whatever, utilizing, you know, uh, maybe Julio in some of those situations. I I like what they did on the A.J. Brown touchdown. That was a Goddard play. That was a Goddard play that they ran. Good pull by you. Great pull by you. That was a hell of a play call. Yeah. And that, that to me, that's great. Adapt, overcome, figure it out, do what you got to do. And that's the, also the beauty of having a guy who's as big as A.J. is. You're not losing a lot in that play, but it was, that's exactly, that was textbook goddard there and great job out of brian johnson
4: yeah and you know i i, I definitely want to give brian johnson's flowers man over the past couple weeks over the past few weeks brian johnson has been calling some good football games man and you're seeing this team getting better and better in the red zone um and another thing that we didn't really touch on regardless of what actually happened the eagles didn't turn the ball over in that game no no they, <laughs> Not, they didn't the regret, they did it Regardless of what may have happened, because yes. we saw some opportunities that kind of went in our favor. Well, but- look, if there's two things
3: you want to just sort of take general points of view, they absolutely, and you're right, they didn't yesterday, but they absolutely have to clean that part of it up, right, yes. for, for the second half. That's got to be cleaned up. It looks like they're starting to get there in the red zone in terms of capitalizing. It was good again yesterday, right? They they were They were better the week before against Washington. Was right, and it was good yesterday. So they're getting better there. I'll tell you what they're excellent at, Tone. They're an excellent third-down
4: conversion team. Absolutely. And fourth-down,
3: for the most part, you know whether it's a tush-push or or like the throw to Goddard, whatever, they're very good at, at third- and fourth-down conversion rate. And that's – like when coaches point to things, they point to turnovers, they, they point to conversions, they will point to getting off the field. So uh, not all of those things. they got to get better at getting off the field. But a lot of those things, the Eagles are starting to trend in the right direction that winning football teams do.
4: Hey, listen, man. I always harken back to that moment in that Miami game where uh, Jalen Hurts—I think it was like fourth and six or fourth and seven—I can't remember. Um, they drop back, uh, Jalen Hurts. Drop back. He runs. To, you know, he bears off to the right. He finds AJ Brown. AJ Brown gets him down to the one-yard line, and then Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts—you know touch puts um, brother shoves it in.
5: Yeah.
4: Uh, he get back. He gets back to the sideline. Nick Sirianni says, "That's why I trust you." That's uh-huh. why I trust you. Hertz looked at him and said, "You should."
5: <laughs> in, in typical Hurts oh, oh, fashion. Typical Hurts
4: fashion. Yeah, Come where on, he's man. just like, <laughs> like, 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 like Rob, has there ever been a quarterback and you you've been a fan of this team for a long time. Yeah. Has there been a quarterback that's played for this organization in your lifetime that you can remember that's giving you this level of confidence? In term, and, I, and when I say confidence, you know, like I'm talking about across the board, no matter the situation, no matter the score, just this, this guy that you just no, – Yeah, you he's say a rock. Yourself,
3: he's a pillar. He's, yeah. a,
4: he's a rock in an ocean. You feel me? Has there ever been a guy who's given you this level of no. confidence?
3: I'll tell you, the first quarterback I remember was Jaworski, and I, I, I he was really good, but I can't say I, I felt like this with him. And then, then it was really Randall after that. Randall was spectacular at times, but there were times where, you know, he kind of w- would fall off, you know, then, then we went through a butt Donovan and then it was sort of like Vic and, and no, not really, man. Honestly, like he, even when like, Wentz was playing his best in 17 before he got hurt, I felt pretty good about him. I'm not going to lie, but it was so short lived. Like, I just feel like it's, it's much more sustainable long-term with Jalen Hurts. Than, than really anybody else no I, to answer your question no i've never seen a guy built like, like wired like this i've never i've never seen a guy so all, so singularly driven and folk almost robotic you know in his responses to things that, no I, I he's different man he's really one of one in a lot of ways like i don't i don't I, I i don't know how he is the way he is i i give him props for it but man is that
4: dude just a he's just different just yeah, different. man, just 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 cold blooded, a stabilizing force, man. Like that dude is like a that dude is like a a, a, a heart surgeon. He's like a neurosurgeon out there. Yeah. just calm, cool. You have collected. to have
3: that. Yeah, he's a like, he's like a steady hand, man. Like you're in a you're in an old fashioned gunfight. You got to have that guy who's got like the no heartbeat, and he's just there's no nerve, and that's it. Yeah, him.
4: man, he's like he's like that surgeon in the room where he says, "Play my classical music," and he's just. It's just, just an orchestra out there, man. Mm-hmm. Regardless, like again, there have been games where we've seen this team down by double digits, yep. down at the half, and somehow, some way, he, he just he he does his job right. And this is and, and this is what kind of kills me, right? You know, people love to nitpick his game because they can't nitpick the person. You know what I'm saying? I I, I firmly believe that they yep. love to the nitpick his game. They, every time you talk about Jalen Hurts or try to big up him, right? You know what they say. Well, he's not these guys. He's not that guy. It's like, yeah. well, we're talking about this guy. We're not talking about those guys. You know what I'm saying? I, know, so, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah. You know. I mean, i basically just going to you know reiterate the fact that you know the reality is the dude is productive. Yeah. He wins games. He's somebody that you want leading your organization, your franchise. I agree. And he, he's just a clutch performer. There's some people in this league that you can't quantify what they provide. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to talk about how many yards a guy throws. It's easy yeah. to talk about. It's easy to talk about all those metrics, but you can't put a number on what Jalen Hurts provides, and what he provides is something that helps you win games. Uh,
3: what I always say is he's a he's a scorer, not a shooter. He's not going to ah, be this pretty guy. Yeah, he's not. He's not like Clay Thompson. Just at the the jump shot's beautiful and all that. He's AI. He figures out a way to 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 score and get it done any way possible. The other thing that he's got that, that is just so important at that position is he can, he has the ability to forget about a bad play and move on. He it doesn't linger with him, and that's that's I think being you know taught well by his dad and and those kind of things and saving and everybody else he had, but it's also him. He he has he can just put it aside. He like a, a great example is the Super Bowl when he fumbled, he came right back and scored. That would have put some people in a shell that they would have never recovered from. So I, I think that's also a big part of this thing. He's mentally tough, which is good. It's again, it's not always the prettiest, but he figures it out and how to get it done. And, and that's huge. I mean, it is it is so big on this stage. All right. Let's come back and talk about the defense, Tom, because that's an area where there's a little more legitimate concern here. Ooh-wee. Yes. 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 <laughs> and yes. So we're going to get into that. But they also did come up big, you know, from from a pressure standpoint, too, with some sacks and whatnot. But we'll we'll delve into that. We will do a lot of NFL later too. We'll look at Some big news with the Giants and what's been a nightmare season for them, which we'll get into. The Commanders yesterday, some guys really stepping up and having spectacular games, individual games. What teams are trending the right direction? What teams are trending the wrong direction? We'll look at the the, the picture, the playoff picture right now in the NFC uh, and how things set up because that win to put the Eagles two and a half games up on the Cowboys going into this week's action with the Cowboys playing and the Eagles off, man, is that enormous. We'll get into all that. When we come back, you don't want to go anywhere. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group right now because knowing who to trust with your finances, it's a challenge. Finding the right person is a challenge. You're going to hear a lot of different things from a lot of different people. But I'm telling you right now, I entrusted my hard-earned work with Jim. And, man, I I couldn't be any happier. You will be too, whether it's retirement planning, your 401K review, insurance review. You're trying to get employee benefits off the ground for your business. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610 996 4751. 610 996 4751. You could also email him as well. Murray, N U R R A Y, dot at That's Murray at principal.com.
2: Go to get your game on, go for the beers.
13: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
3: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our
9: communities where light and love are needed most.
13: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you.
3: We're back. Yes, we are. That is Tone to Shields in for Derek Gunn today. I am Rob Ellis hanging out with you guys on a fun, fun Monday as the Eagles beat the Cowboys 28. Absolutely. Yes, move up to eight and one. All right, Tone. So um, let's dig into a couple things. The other injury, we didn't even talk about this yet. Nicole Dean goes down with a foot injury uh, and left the game. To shame he had a sack you know, earlier in the game. But um, he, he, you remember earlier in the year, he was on the IR with a foot injury also. So we don't know the status of that. You know, it's been up and down for him. Yeah, you know, I think he's had a tough time in pass coverage. You know, he's he's shown you he's got that speed that that sideline to sideline speed, that lateral speed. But you know, it's been a it's been a growth year so far as you would expect for a guy getting playing time really for the first year. He played you know almost strictly special teams last year anyway. He goes down with another foot injury. And this also kind of feeds into what the one of the concerns with him coming out was can he stay healthy? Would he be able to hold up with that frame? Because he's not the biggest guy in the world. But uh, that's another one to keep your eye on because he's already had that same injury, it seems like.
4: Yeah. uh, Look, I was one of those, I like Nicole Dean, right? And I was happy with the draft pick. I was, you know, I was happy with all that, right? And he was somebody that I felt like could potentially take over. Um, as being one of the um, better linebackers on his team at some point uh, in his career. Obviously, he didn't play at all last year on defense. Um, we saw him in very, very, very short spurts. Um, and then this season, um, he goes out there week one. He gets hurt, and the game's not even over yet. Um, we And then we actually see what Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham can do together. And all of a sudden, we see this linebacker, of course, starting to look very serviceable. And then he comes back. And then all of a sudden, we're kind of regressing at that position again so i don't want to say that you know i told you so but we spoke about the fact that he was a smaller dude and this wasn't really a conversation about his talent he's a talented young man but we had questions about can he hold up and we had questions about if the philadelphia eagles are putting too much responsibility on his shoulders too soon and we had and we had talks about his ability in pass coverage and all those things that we had concerns about are actually rearing their head. It's unfortunate that the young man is hurt, and I don't wish injury on anybody. The sad reality is Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham are better for what the Philadelphia Eagles need right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. At this juncture in his career, that's the truth. At but this again, juncture. Yeah. And we just don't know. what, Again, we get any kind of update, we'll pass it along uh, for sure so, as far as that goes. But. I mean, and this is this is the portion where we keep it real. Um, you watch what happened in that secondary yesterday, and you watch Ceedee Lamb, you know, do his thing and go for eleven for for a you know buck ninety one and seventeen point four yards per catch. And it wasn't just him; it was Jake Ferguson. It was a lot of different guys.
5: In other words,
4: guys who were taking advantage of the slot in the middle of the field. Yeah, they Ceedee Lamb and Ferguson were eating the entire middle of the field up, and who was primarily in there? So.
3: Yeah, that's the that's where it's happening. That's where the attack is from the other teams. That's where everybody knows that they can beat the Eagles at their most. And I'll tell you, I I hope it's just that he's kind of run down and beat up, and hopefully he didn't do anything on that on his knee on that pass interference at the very end. But it was a it was a really rough day for Bradbury. I, I mean, a really rough day. So I'm I again, you're gonna get Roby back, which should kind of settle things down a little bit. You could plug him into the slot. We know the outside guys are, are Bradbury and Slay. This this allows you to not have to use guys who are safeties, quite frankly, like Sidney Brown in the slot. But the other thing you're seeing is, and this is just inevitable, I hate to say it, hopefully by the end of the year, it's almost like they, they've, they've experienced enough where they're not going to bite on some of the same stuff. But Eli Ricks is getting killed. They're, they're They're targeting these guys. And it's smart by the opposing teams, but it's not just him. There's, there's a lot of guys playing either out of position or with very little experience.
4: Yeah, Eli Riggs, he's not a slot corner. That's not that's not, that's not where his skills are better suited. Um, he's more so a boundary corner. Um, Sidney Brown, it's so funny, last week uh, on the National Football Show, <laughs> you know, Sills asked me, who would I rather see out there? Uh, Eli Riggs or Sidney Brown? And I was like... Man, I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll take Sidney Brown, the more physical guy. Maybe he can kind of lay the wood and you know, maybe he'll get physical with some of these cowboys receivers, right? And we saw both of both of them out mm-hmm. there, and neither of them was serviceable in any way. No. Uh they're both very raw prospects. Very they're, they're both talented individuals. Um, play the game with confidence, but they're very, very raw. And it just so happened that the matchups were not in their favor, especially with CD Lamb um doing most of his damage throughout his career in the slot. You know, it's so funny. Um, CeeDee Lamb had an amazing game, amazing game. Got to give credit for credit to do. Uh,
5: absolutely. Right? Put I up a, a group, lot of yards. Yeah,
4: But I'm still not one of those guys who are willing to call CeeDee Lamb a true number one because he can only really eat consistently in the slot. Right. And you know what I mean? That's just that's just where I am. You can put A.J. Brown anywhere on the field. You could put Terry McLaurin anywhere on the field. Stefan Diggs, anywhere. Justin Jefferson, anywhere. Devontae Adams, anywhere. CeeDee Lamb, he's not really consistent on the boundary. Mm-hmm. But I got to give credit to the Dallas Cowboys for understanding their personnel and putting their personnel in a situation where they can constantly hurt defenses. Yeah, And I respect what CeeDee Lamb's done. I think CeeDee Lamb is a top 10 receiver in this league, for sure. But I don't think he's even sniffing the caliber of Aj Brown and those guys, but no, I, be- I
3: no, he's not, he's not there. I mean, I, I would agree, he's really good, but I don't think he's at that level.
4: But um, yeah, yeah, and this know. Eagles, de- let's be honest, this Eagles' de- pass defense has made a lot of people look good throughout the year. So I mean,
3: it's, it's not good. Um, I mean, fortunately, right. so there's two things that have really emerged, uh, you know, about the Eagles' defense. One, one on a positive note, uh, they're very good against the run you know and and I felt like that continued yesterday. Um they they kept that up. Dallas didn't didn't really hurt them on the ground uh in that game and you look at it, they're still the number 1 team by a pretty good margin. Yeah, you know, they're giving up 66 yards per game on the ground. That's excellent. The the next closest team is the the Lions at 76. So that I mean kudos. They 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 re- it's a really tough team to to deal with in the in the interior especially. Man, mm-hmm. tone, they are right now uh 29th against the past they're giving up 257 per game uh in the air the only teams worse are the chargers the bucks and the jaguars that's it like the eagles are giving up more in the air per game than the bears than the commanders than the broncos who got off to that terrible start than the arizona cardinals you you get you get the gist gist of this thing like it's a big problem then
4: carolina and carolina like (laughs) Carolina's careful oh my god they're, they're not a good team but their defense, you can't really get too much in the air on them. Yeah, You know what I mean? New Orleans and even Green Green Bay has a top-ten pass defense. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And I don't know if it's the – see, this is the part where I kind of get stuck between a rock and a hard place because I look at the back end of the defense and I say, okay, I understand you have some older guys back there, but you have guys who are savvy, been in this league for a long time, played the game with a lot of intellect. Darius Slay, James Bradberry, Kevin Byard. You have a young guy in Reed Blankenship who's coming along slowly but surely. Um, you've been very inconsistent in the slot because Avanti Maddox keeps getting hurt year after year, and you're constantly trying to shuffle that position and figure out what's what. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly feel like if these linebackers were better, the pass defense wouldn't be nowhere near as bad as it is. Yeah, I, it's it's just it's an, it's insane to me, right? I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles have invested properly in that position in terms of what they want from the position. I think they've just been finding guys that can do the job serviceably and not really thinking about what they actually need there. They yeah. need some pass coverage linebackers, guys that can hang with tight ends, right? That's what they need at that position because the reality is you you depend on your defensive line to stop the run and the other guys to fill in the gaps. So your linebackers don't have to be tremendous run stoppers. What you need them to be is tremendous um, pass defenders. Yeah, and, correct. Yeah, because you're so and, good and up front. That's yeah, you're so right. good up front, right? Like that's, yeah, not, that's if correct. you're going to sacrifice, right? Sacrifice a run defending linebacker for a pass defending linebacker, and your run defenders are your is your defensive line, and like that's what you that that's the mindset. But it's yeah. they 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 haven't really, in my opinion, done justice by that position, man. I, mean, I don't know if it's scouting, I don't know if it's understanding the personnel, but
3: I think I it's some of think it is money allotment. They don't want to pay a lot of money to that position. They they would rather look, we know their their priority spending is quarterback, tackle position on the offensive side receiver. And then you it's not running back. We know that clearly. And then you go to the defensive side, it's edge. And this is not that different from what most teams in the NFL do, but it's edge, it's defensive tackle, it's corners. What's left so, there? Your so linebackers me- aren't being paid a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh your safeties. I mean, Byard's making pretty good coin, but that wasn't a contract that the Eagles signed. So, unfortunately, what happens is really good linebacking play kind of slips through the cracks. Last year was sort of an anomaly. Like, they had Edwards, uh, Kaiser White kind of cooled off at the end of the year. But, you know, they had had better linebacker play than they usually have last year.
4: Yeah, when it comes to positional spending in terms of this year and the percentage of the cap, the offensive line, Accounts for 17.9% of the Philadelphia Eagles cap in
10: 2023.
4: Yeah. The defensive line accounts for 15.6% of the cap. The secondary accounts for 12.5% of the cap. Linebackers only account for 5.6% of the cap. And that's only 13 million between six guys. So you're basically spending about 2 million per guy at the linebacker position that's cheap. It's really
3: low. Yeah. I mean, I I would, I would venture a guess what the league minimum is for veterans, you know, like those guys is it's not that further down. They're paying them a little bit more than they, than they absolutely minimally have to pay. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. what it's like.
4: Exactly. And again, the two positions that the Eagles don't prioritize linebacker and running back they're outside of special teams. They're two of the lowest percentages. of the, they take up two of the lower percentages of the cap. Mm -hmm. Um, Running back only takes up 2.5% of the cap. That's, that's right. six million. That's six million dollars between four players.
3: Yeah. Teen is right. They um, miss that. They do miss a guy like TJ Edwards. There's, there's no denying that. I mean, they just they just don't. I mean, they do. I mean, yeah. it's clear how much they miss him. And they were hoping that Kobe Dean would be that guy. He's either been hurt or not ready yet, you know, for the most part. And I will say this I, I thought Zach Cunningham played a really good game yesterday. I, I I'll give him Agreed. some props. Uh you know, Moro, those guys have been fine, considering they basically cut Morrow, brought him back. Zach Cunningham was on the street, and they grabbed him up. Like, they've kind of been stabilizers. You want more than just stabilizers. You want some guys who are going to make some plays sometimes, and they just – it's not there right now. And it's all exacerbated by some of the issues on the back end, too. You know, mm-hmm. so it's – its yeah. look, if there's, th- if there's two things that are going to bite them, Tone, it's going to be turnovers. Mm-hmm. Well, may- you might – maybe red zone, but I think that's gotten better it's going to be turnovers and it's going to be the pass defense
4: that's it and that's and that's why you know cuz look there's there's no perfect team right everyone has chinks in the armor yeah so what you have to do as a team as an organization you as an organization as a coaching staff you have to do everything you possibly can to mitigate your limitations by not making certain mistakes right yeah. so for example if your if you if, if your pass defense isn't good and also, you're not converting in the red zone. And then you couple that with turnovers. That was, those, three, those three categories together can, can mix for a very terrible cocktail. It can be a molotov to your mm-hmm. entire game plan. If you're not converting in the red zone, if you're turning the ball over, let's really think about it step by step, right? If I'm in offense and... I'm driving I get to the red zone I don't put up any points I settle for three now okay the other team gets the ball they drive they're passing 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 down the field we can't stop them they score seven and then you get the ball back you're down seven and three you're driving driving oh you turn the ball over at midfield then you give the other uh, now you give the opposing team great field position at midfield and your pass defense sucks now you're down 14-3. So yeah. you see how those things work oh, in concert. Yeah. It's it, so it, it's the ultimate team game. It is exactly. So you have to do what you can. That's why you. If the Eagles can convert in the red zone, which is yep. what they did against the Dallas Cowboys, if they yep. cannot turn the ball over, which is what they did it, which is what they did against the uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Right? Pass defense still was terrible. They yep. still won the game. So well, you see how you see you see how you put, you, you have to do, you, you can't check every box, but if you check the right ones, you Correct. can still that, win. That's the game. why
3: they value pass rush so much. So what happened? All right. So here's what happens. So you go to that last, let's just take the last couple of drives where the offense wasn't doing you any favors. You know, they were kind of getting right off the field as we talked about a little bit earlier, but you know, that last drive, you get a, a an absolutely clutch clutch sweat sack, which, which was really, really big on that last drive. Go back to the drive before that. You had back-to-back sacks by Jalen Carter and Brandon Graham, right, which, which kind of nullifies that, and it turns into, into a whole thing, whatever. They turn it over on downs. You don't get those sacks. You don't get the pressure that Brandon Graham had on the two-point conversion attempt by, by Dak. You lose. So that's why, despite 374 passing yards, despite all the things we're talking about here that are concerning, that's how you win. Uh, it doesn't mean that's always going to be the case. you got to be better. Like, this is an extreme. When you give up 374 yards in the air and you win, it's an exp- extreme. You know, and and thankfully, you know, the Cowboys kind of shot themselves in the foot. I mean, the Eagles also helped, ha- helped them shoot themselves in the foot. Again, last drive, first and goal at the 6, 27 seconds left. False start, that's on them. Sack, that's on them. Incompletion, on them. Delay a game, on them. And then the pass is short of the goal line. Did the Eagles have something to do with that? Of course they did. But you know that's some of that is the Cowboys shooting themselves in the foot. Some of that is the Eagles putting pressure on the Cowboys. But it, we know, like again, we look at everything like, okay, how did they? What happened in this game? Bottom line is they won the game. But we also all both have a little. Everybody does. Eagles, most Eagles fans have a little eye ahead. Like, okay, so how does this look going forward? Now, let me let me just pick up on that for a minute. Mm-hmm. We know the schedule coming up is really really hard. All right, We know Kansas City is going to be really hard playing there on a Monday night. It's going to be crazy and all that. Good thing is both teams are are for both sides. They're going to be very well rested. Okay. 15 days, in fact. Now, Buffalo, who we'll talk about in a little bit, is not nearly as good or consistent in some part because of injuries and just other parts because they haven't played as well. Maybe that game at home against Buffalo isn't going to be as hard as we thought, right? Niners, my guess is the Niners are going to get their act together and play better than the three straight losses. I think we got to kind of wait and see there. I think that's going to be a tough game no matter what. The game at Dallas is going to be tough. Whatever Seattle is, and they look terrible yesterday, the Eagles never win there, it feels like. So that is going to, I think that's definitely going to be a tough game. But then, and once you get out of that, it's two New Yorks and an Arizona, which, you know, both teams are terrible. You know, could, if you come out of this stretch, the Buffalo, the Kansas City, Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas, Seattle. Okay, so that's, that's five games. Come out of that three and two, you very well could end up being 14 and three again. If you care to win any of those last games. Now, you might have it wrapped up where you don't have to play. Who cares? You lose, who cares if you have it wrapped up? Mm-hmm. But you, yeah, I mean, that's... It still ends up being an unbelievable. You could be 13 and four. And and, and I think that's probably going to be enough. The only thing that worries me a little bit tone. All right. So let me just real quick,
4: give you Detroit what they're looking at here. They're not getting talked about enough. They're right there in the mix.
3: Well, and listen to this schedule that they have right there. So they're off this week. They're at the chargers. You know, that's a kind of tough game, but we know the chargers are all over the place and inconsistent, but after that they're home against the bears they're home against the Packers. They're at New Orleans. They're at Chicago, home against Denver, at Minnesota, at Dallas, home against Minnesota. Like, that is a a cakewalk of a schedule. So they're going to be in contention, in my opinion, for the number one seed. They are. They're going to be right
4: there. I think, you know, you you bring up some great points about Detroit, right? They still have to play the Vikings twice. Right, and they got the Saints and the Packers, right? I'm Vikings not really showing a lot of
3: heart, by the way. They've shown a lot of. heart.
4: I, if I'm being honest with you, the Detroit Lions, as good as they are, they've they've had they've had moments where they've kind of you know like that Ravens game, and I understand the Ravens are really 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 good, yeah. But 38 to six is kind of like whoa. But regardless, I'm looking at these. I'm looking at this final stretch for them. I think they. I think they split with Minnesota. Honestly. Yeah. I think I think I think they split there. I think I think the Cowboys get them at the end. Um, I look, man. Say what you want. Say what you want about Denver, and and I, I think Denver can maybe eke that out. You know, it's like because Detroit is still an unfinished product and they're still learning how to win consistently. I think they can very well drop a Saints matchup. They can drop. Oh, a, yeah. Broncos, a Broncos matchup. So they can Broncos with the Vikings.
3: Quietly kind of figured it out a little bit. They're playing much better football. And if you look at Russell Wilson's numbers, w- let me give you his numbers real quick, because I was looking at this today. Mm-hmm. So as much as I think we just assume like he's been awful like he was last year. Right. He hasn't been. Um, they started off terribly as a team, no doubt. But, you know, he's got 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's completing 66 of his passes. He got 1600 yards passing, a 101.7 passer rating, and he's got 200 yards rushing. You know, I mean, like I'm not telling you he's the Russell Wilson peak Seattle guy, but he's he's bounced back from what it, how bad it was last year.
4: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't consider him a liability at this point. Um, I just look at them as a team that's, I don't know, it's it's it, they they're talented. It's weird. It's yeah. like it's they're kind of like the Chargers. They're talented, but something's off there. You know yeah. what I mean? So, again, I think because I'm looking at the standings right now, right? Let me let me just go back to these standings. Look at the stands right now, and I'm not looking at it from the playoff perspective. I'm looking at just the standings. I'm um, straight up. You got Eagles eight and one. You got Lions six and two. Forty Nine ers five and three. Seattle five and three. Cowboys five and three. Normally, Saints five and four. Believe it or not, and you also you also got the Vikings five and four. Like who's this who's to say Seattle won't drop another one? Who's to say the 49ers or the Lions won't like I, I just feel like that this is why being eight and one and winning this game is so important for the Eagles because you put yourself in a position where you have a you have some slight room for error. Yes. You have some slight room for error. You do, you know, and that's so, why
3: this it's so big, Tony, to get to eight and one going into that stretch. That's why it was so absolutely.
4: Critical. And yep. Buffalo looks very, very beatable right All now. All over the place. Um who else do we have here? Uh 49ers look beatable, in my opinion. I think that they may be healthier by then. Who knows? Um, Seattle, Seattle, looks beatable, even though we don't really do well on the road there. I think this is a different Eagles team, man. We talked about it last year when we went to um Arizona, right? Uh, when we played Kyler Murray and those boys, we didn't yeah. really win in Arizona. That wasn't something that happened for us, but somehow, someway, we got the win. Was it pretty? It wasn't it wasn't the prettiest game at all, but it still got done so. Um, I look at this, you know, it's with, with, and this is, and this goes back to my how I feel about Jalen Hurts. With him, right? I look at every game as winnable, no matter where they are. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I, I never felt this way at any point. Maybe outside of that, um, 2017 season with Carson Wentz. But you know, I, I and maybe this is me just being biased or whatever. I don't, I don't know. But Jalen Hurts, he he approaches the game in such a way that you have no choice but to respect his game and you have no choice but to think he he, he, he can win it. They're They're so good situationally in third and fourth down, man. You can win a lot of games being great on third and fourth down and having the offensive line and the defensive line that they do.
3: Yeah. I think you, I think just hurts, but it's more of a team thing for me. Like there isn't a game you go in feeling like the Eagles don't have a chance. Like I'm pretty sure if, 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 Here's my guess. I haven't even looked that far ahead. There probably aren't lines out for that far ahead. But I think the Eagles will be the underdog against Kansas City at Kansas City, which you know, Yeah. Expect- I think I think so.
4: It's a possibility. Po- it's a possibility, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think they will. I, I and I think that at home they'll be favored against Buffalo, they'll be favored against San Fran. They'll probably be an underdog at Dallas mm-hmm. and they could be an underdog at Seattle. So you could have See, three games.
4: I, I disagree right there. I think they okay. may be favored against Seattle. Even though they're in the road, I think they may be slightly favored. I think it Not depends on what Seattle much. Does
3: the next couple of weeks. I think it depends right. on how they look. But you, no, it could be Tony. I mean, it could go either way. If Seattle yeah. looks continues to, you know, they put, look bad yesterday. If they trend the wrong way, we'll t- we'll go into it in a minute because Geno's struggling right now. But if yeah, they're yeah. if they're trending wrong, then yeah, absolutely. But I think the two, and again, uh, unless Dallas really falls off, which I don't see, I think Dallas Dallas plays.
4: I think the Giants this upcoming week they're going to kill them. But yeah, uh, yeah, they'll
3: be they'll be underdogs against Dallas and KC for sure.
4: Yep. And when we go to the next segment, I have a question for you that I want you to think on, and you know, we'll 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 answer it in the final segment. I mean, not find out about the next segment here because we're going to talk about the rest of the NFC East and the rest of the NFL. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is we're at that point in the season where I feel like a lot of teams are beginning to separate themselves. Right? Yes. Separating the the Super Bowl contenders from just the play, from just the playoff teams. I'm not talking about the the bottom feeders right now. No, I know the Super mean. Bowl teams from just playoff teams. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: I want you to sit with that and tell me, who do do you think has legitimately separated themselves from everyone else in terms of Super Bowl contention versus just being a playoff contender? All
5: right,
3: let's dig into all those things when we come back. We'll keep it rolling with the Eagles and the NFL discussion on this Victory Monday. He is Tone to Shields in for D-Gun. I am Rob Ellis. All right, let's tell you about Pro Action Restoration. You have a home you have a business you've experienced the pain the inconvenience of fire say goodbye to your credit card rewards
0: greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off
2: and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Fire, smoke, mold damage to your property. You're not really sure who to turn to. I have the folks that you can turn to. That's Pro Action Restoration. They're on call 24 hours, 7 days a week. The beauty is you have something happen at night. You have something happen uh, crazy You know, on a holiday, a weekend, whatever, a Sunday. You're not really sure who to turn to. Well, they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I can attest to this because I reached out to them on a Saturday and they came out to my parents' house. They fixed the problem. It was uh, it was really a relief in a lot of ways. ProAction Restoration uh, is licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, They can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com.
8: And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods
6: that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from
8: the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675.
12: Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your green house? Is your roof, siding, deck, stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250.
13: G-L-E-X, Eagles.
10: We are back. Yes, we
3: are. Rob Ellis, Tone the to shields tones in for a gunner today. Hope you're doing well out there. Happy Monday, everybody. I think it makes Mondays a little bit easier when the Eagles get a win, especially get a little more pep in your step when it's the uh, Cowboys. That much is for Absolutely. sure. All right. So I referenced this earlier tone. Um, I was, uh, I was at my place, Bravo Pizza of Havertown, and I, and I, got, a, I got a spin behind the counter, man. I, I jumped back there and it took care of some business here. I, I, well, first, I had to... well,
4: well, first and foremost, first and foremost, I yes. need to know how, where, where and how and when are you burning these calories? <laughs> Be- because um, you find yourself there every damn week and look I i'm know. not mad at you I, I'm, a, I'm a pizza i love pizza man yeah pizza
5: I, love pizza. Man. I love pizza
4: i love because i'm a philly guy and through pizza cheese steak, salt pretzels water ice i'm all yeah, you gotta be dying
3: in texas right is there a, a... i
4: i haven't had a cheesesteak since like since philly i have i'm i'm, oh, I'm really dude. and I'm you're distraught. right it's the
3: right move because you can't trust them elsewhere I can't trust them so here I'm i was distraught. friday night doing my thing with the with the with the uh with the pizzas I was spinning, man. I was doing everything, so I, I jumped in there and and, and got it done. And, and, and good work out of Alex and the crew, uh, letting me jump behind the counter there and do a little something something on a Friday night. So it was fun, man. We had a good time, but it was it was uh, it's always fun. I love Bravo. The people people there are
4: great. They really are. So yeah, uh, man. Kudos so, to them. Wait, you, you said your favorite pizza is what the? Uh, I like the, the upside grand- down.
3: The grandma it, is the upside down.
4: Yeah. So explain. So explain that to me, right? What exactly? How, like how is, is, is it sauce is on top. First? The cheese
3: is on the bottom, basically. That makes sense? Interesting.
4: Now, yes. yeah, it, do, it does. But does it taste any different?
3: Yeah, it does. It does. It, it's, if you, see, I love, I love good, good cheese. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, me too. But man. I like it. I like the sauce on the top. It gives it more of a flavor to it. And it gives you more kind of a square pizza sort of sense. Uh mm-hmm. Like, I love the round too, as you see right there. I'm doing my thing, but- yeah, either way, man. Either way it's uh it's good. I'm a, look, to me there's very little bad. I'm not a pizza snob. Even 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 mediocre pizza to me is good pizza. That's that's the way I am. Um but you yeah. can't you can't screw around with a cheesesteak. You can't fall under the trap of being out of Philadelphia area and going to a place that says a Philly cheesesteak or you know it's bad when it says steak and cheese. Don't yes. get it. Yes.
4: Don't Those get are it things. Anywhere else. Never yes. trust it when it says steak and cheese. Thank you. Never trust it when they're when they're when on their establishment, they call it a Philly cheesesteak. Yes. Never never trust it because A, you're not in Philly. Nope. Two, I doubt people even order it in the first See, the bars the bar is so high for me. Um, but you brought up a good point about the pizza thing, right? Um yeah, you, you can take that down, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> no, enough of me I, 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 i'm definitely a pizza guy now real quick before we get back into the sports topics yeah are you uh are you a, a thick crust guy or a thin crust guy
3: i'm a thin crust guy
4: i me like too. thin. oh thin so i went guy. to
3: i, I you know, chicago and i love chicago it's a great town but they're they're famous chicago and detroit are famous for the thick crust Pizza, okay, that's their specialties. They also do it. It's a big Midwest thing. Like in Indianapolis, they have it as well. Okay, so I'm like, all right, I got to try it, even though it's not really my cup of tea. I got to try it. Uh, there and there's there's p- places around here that make it as well. I won't
4: name who it is, but in, but in, which I'm not a huge fan.
5: Yeah, um,
4: I'm, I'm a thing, Chris. I like my pizza. I like my I like my pizza with a crunch. Like a me I like too, being a new hair. If 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 the if the, if, the if, a, if a pizza's too doughy, I can't eat it. I agree with I you. And I the can't cheese can't is too
3: runny if it's not cooked properly. The
4: Cheese falls right off the slice when you yeah, pull it. falls off. Of it.
3: You know it's not good when you when you're lifting your slice and the whole cheese just comes. You're like, come on, man, what are we doing here? But exactly. uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I like it. I like it thin. I like it little. Not I would say well done, but just cooked the right way.
4: Yeah. And, I and always I tell them well done just to be safe. I always say well done just to be safe, man. Yeah, you can't go
3: wrong getting it well done. No, make yeah. no mistake. Um. But all day, every day. So, when I was in Chicago, I'm like, you know, and and you say that, they're all insulted, man. I'm like, it's just not my – and it fills you. Like After one slice, I feel like I ate like a loaf of bread. I'm like, ugh. You know, so anyway, I'm I'm thin all day long, all day long. Same here. Yep. Um, All right, so a couple things around the NFL. Uh, Let's start with the NFC East. Giants have lost Daniel Jones for the rest of the season, Tone. uh, Torn ACL. This is injury to – to insult it's official he's done wow. what a disaster so they're already dealing with tyrod taylor's banged up they had to go to tommy devito yesterday stepped in there and played for that sounds like
4: a, sounds like a lone shark
3: it's it's not a good thing and they lose 30 to 6 to the raiders now the raiders are a whole different situation so that we know during the week they fired the coach the gm the offensive coordinator they bring in antonio pierce all of a sudden they felt like the weight was lifted off them. They played loose. They played well. They win 30 to 6. Uh, and they 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 get the win. And they were up 24 0 at the half. Raiders had eight sacks in the game. But what a miserable year for the Giants. They're two and seven now. I mean, this could very well be a team that wins maybe three, four games max this season, going from a team that made the playoffs last year. And here's here's the thing. I don't care how much money they have tied into Daniel Jones.
4: I'm jumping a quarterback
3: they damn well better take a quarterback. They're nuts if they don't.
4: I'm taking a quarterback and I don't care if I have to sit him for the first year and let him just chill, relax. Mm-hmm. At least I know I have him there. Um you know what the one thing the great thing about the you know, I give credit to the Arizona Cardinals, right? And this and this is going to this is kind of separate, but I give credit to them in this regard. They drafted Josh Rosen, remember? Yeah, first round. Josh Allen went, Josh Rosen went, and all that kind of stuff. And Rosen was like, I'm going to make those people eat their words, whoever passed them, whatever. Okay, yeah. that's the, that's besides the point. But the, the, the reality is he was a mistake. And you know yep. what they did the following year? You have to call him number one overall. Yep. So I respect a team who's willing to admit a mistake before things get too – I never respect a team who digs their heels in so far that they're they're willing to sacrifice the future of their organization because they don't want to admit defeat in a decision. People make bad decisions every single day, right? The key is bouncing back from it. Well, first and foremost, acknowledging the mistake, acknowledging where you went wrong and then building off of it and bouncing back. It's nothing. People make mistakes all the time. It's Mm -hmm. an imperfect league. The draft is is an imperfect science, Yep. Right, who would have thought Tom Brady would have been what he was? You know what I'm yep. saying? He was drafted in the sixth, seventh round. So it's I was, the Eagles. Another example Carson Wentz, they saw the writing on the wall. They don't care how much they paid him. You know, if they did, traded him somehow, got somehow flipped him into a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, they then they had Jalen Hurts, you know, waiting in the rafters. I mean, it's, it's nothing wrong with admitting you made a mistake, man. And some of these organizations, they're so egotist, they're so ego driven that. This is why I respect what the Raiders did. Yep. They fired that head coach. They fired the OC. I don't know who else they got rid of. Oh, they benched him at Garoppolo and said, you know what? This season's Go- probably over. We're going
3: with the young but- guy. We're, we're not gonna we're gonna going to roll Brian Hoyer out, who's, you know. Yeah.
4: We're yeah. going with the young guy. You know, we're going to we're going to elevate the guy to interim head coach that everyone feels like is perfectly fit for the situation. And they decided it was Antonio Pierce. Shot for him. Yep. Um, uh a former linebacker for the New York Giants. Also, just to keep it real, because I'm always gonna keep it real on the show. Another black coach with an opportunity to potentially have the job long term. We'll see how things turn out for them if, if this team can, um, you know, rally around him. But I'm afraid the Raiders are gonna make this mistake. Remember, they fired the the coach before um, McDaniel's. Remember, they they yep. had they had special they had teams coach head.
3: who did a right. really good job, who 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 actually really stabilized the mess right. after Gruden, and
4: he, and he came in, oh, uh, he came in on an interim basis for Gruden. Yes. Yes. And the team responded to him. Yeah. So my fear, as far as the Raiders go, is my fear is that they don't follow what the players want in this situation. The players responded to that guy. You got rid of him for some odd reason. You bring in McDaniel. Players don't respond to him. You fire him midseason. Now you got Antonio Pierce up there. Don't make the same mistake twice.
3: Agreed. And, but but here's the problem. that What you're speaking is too much common sense. Mark Davis has very little common sense and has very little ability to 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 decipher who is a good head coaching candidate and who isn't. So, here's what I would say to you. If Pierce does a good job, he I hope he gets it, he should get it. But with this guy owning them, I Listen, I don't, I, he, I wouldn't he, put anything past him.
5: He okay? can't
4: even decide he he can't even figure out what's a good haircut or not. Oh, so, look, I mean, look,
3: like it's the worst haircut you, I've ever seen. I mean, uh, and, right.
4: So, again, man, um sh- shout out to Antonio Pierce for uh winning 30 to 6 against his all oh, his former organization. It was almost like it, it, it was it was like it's like storybook, right? You get your first opportunity to coach a team and you end up smacking the team um yeah. that gave you your first opportunity in the NFL, man. Um you know, we'll see how listen, they're 4 and 5, right? If they can find a way to go 9 and 8 on the rest yeah. of the season, I'll take that. I'll take it cuz you never know how things may shake up, man. You know, in, in the AFC, man, you never know. If you can go 9 and 8, with the, with the way things went for your season so far, I, I, I'm rolling with that. Yeah, I hear you.
3: Uh, all right, so the uh, Raiders win. Giants are a mess. Commanders beat the Patriots 20-17. to Howell had, a, had another pretty good game. Um, 325 yards passing. He did have an interception, which which almost hurt them, but it didn't because the mm-hmm. Commanders get a late interception of their own. They moved to 4-5. and five. I, I don't think they're any kind of threat. You know, personally, um, right. but the other takeaway from this game is what a mess. The Patriots are Patriots are yeah. two in seven this season. I didn't uh, see that coming. I thought they were going to be middling. I thought they were eight, and nine. They're way worse than that.
4: You know, there was a point where I was saying that, you know, uh, Matt Patricia as the OC last season kind of broke Mac Jones, right? But then, yes. part of me was like, "Well, it's pretty early in his career. He can be salvaged, right? It was only year two. Um, it's just crazy how someone goes from being a Pro Bowler in year one, um, being con, you know being considered for Rookie of the Year because he 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 was a, he was a really good
5: rookie.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, made it to the playoffs, you know what I mean? That yeah. the, it seemed like that they found a quarterback for at least the next five to seven years. You never know how things go in this NFL, but at least they found a guy for the foreseeable future and." You bring in Matt Patricia's to OC. Okay, things don't really go as well, but you're still a middle of the road team. I think they went what eight and nine or something like that. What, what did they yeah, go like seven was, and ten? Yeah, it but, went around there. Yeah. So, so you know, so so you say to yourself, okay, mistake at the OC. The quarterback regressed a little bit, but we're going to bring in Bill O'Brien, a guy who's familiar with Mac Jones, a guy who's familiar with, um, familiar with uh, working with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, a guy who's mm-hmm. familiar. And then all of a sudden, you still don't see Mac Jones turning the corner. So that begs the question, is Mac Jones the problem? Uh, uh, Okay, my answer is no. Uh,
3: So here's my answer. I I don't think he's the answer, but I don't think he's the sole problem. I think they need a quarterback, but I think they need a complete overhaul in their drafting, in their pro personnel scouting, scouting the whole nine. Like, I don't, I think Belichick, he'll never do this, but I think Belichick, if he stays there, needs a real GM who has input. He can't run the show anymore. He doesn't have Tom Brady to make up for all the mistakes anymore. He just doesn't
4: have it. Brady saved his yeah. bacon for a long time, man. Agreed. And then when you think about how they played in that Bills game, how Mac Jones delivered that game-winning drive, I'm like, okay, that's the Mac Jones I remember. Yep. Right? A guy who makes the right decision, doesn't turn the ball over. Um, A guy who's efficient. You know what I'm saying? A guy who knows how to put the ball in his playmaker's hands. That was the Mac Jones I remember. Yep. But then all of a sudden, he turns back into a pumpkin against the Dolphins. He turns back into a pumpkin against the Commanders. And it's like, what will the will the real Mac Jones stand up? I think we're seeing the real one. I, I think he's just
3: at best mediocre. I, I really do. I, I don't think there's anything more there to tackle. I into. think he's
4: I think at this point he's a career backup.
3: Yeah, and 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 I will. I'll give him a little bit of uh, uh, slightly in his defense. I, I don't. He has think no weapons. He had right. He hasn't been helped by the Patriots at all. The the whole, like you said, giving him Patricia and that Joe Judge nonsense last year didn't help him. I don't like his receivers. I haven't liked his receivers the whole time he's been there.
4: So exactly agreed. Agreed. Yeah,
3: like so. It, like like most things, it's a little bit of everything. Um, there, but nonetheless, they're cooked. I mean, they're just straight up cooked.
4: Now, I will say, I do like Kendrick Bourne, but he's not a number one. That's the problem, right? They got a bunch of number threes around him. And number two, I think Kendrick Bourne can be a very solid number two. He has 37 catches on the year, on 55 targets, 406 yards. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, four touchdowns, averages 50 yards a game. Um, Right now, he's on pace. He's projected to have, wow, he's projected. He's only projected to have 767 yards on the season and eight touchdowns. But, again, those are number two numbers. Those are like borderline number two, number three I numbers. It. I, I like Kendrick Bourne. But other, beyond Kendrick Bourne, I mean, like DeMario Douglas, like really? Yeah. Um, Devontae Parker has never been the same since his injury history. Juju Smith-Schuster, come on, dude. Like, yeah. He's a he's a guy who's always been a product of his situation. Yeah, he's so, great
3: if he's got Mahomes or he's got what Roethlisberger when he could still play.
4: I mean, that's yeah, that, or, that or playing next to Antonio Brown that makes right. your life a lot easier. So right, right. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you.
3: All right, so let's let's look at it real quick, uh, standings wise, and, and where we because I, I want to get into to what Josh Dobbs did yesterday, which was crazy. Yeah, right.
9: man, Dobbs.
3: That's, oh yeah, we'll get there. We so here we are, it's eight and one Eagles basically up two and a half on the Cowboys who are five and three. At this point, Eagles have the buy Cowboys already had their bye. Forget about Washington at four and five and certainly forget about the Giants. So that that's done. Now you look at the, at the NFC in general, and these, this is what you would look at. Playoff wise Eagles would be the one seed right now. Detroit would be the number two seed because there's, they have six, only two losses and they're leading their division. San Fran five and three leading the West. I still think they have a run in them, big run in them. Uh I don't New Orleans doesn't scare me in the least. Seattle right now, I'm iffy. Let me put it to this way. I think they're good. I think they're a playoff team, but I'm Their iffy on yeah, what they are exactly. I think the Cowboys are still extremely dangerous. I really do. Um, and and I'll this will lead us into to this one. Major props to the Vikings. Vikings have been dealing with a lot of stuff injury wise. Um Kirk Cousins goes down, tears his Achilles, done for the year. Their their backup is Nick Mullins, who's on the shelf with a back injury himself. Okay, mm-hmm. they start the kid Taron Hall yesterday, who gets concussion. gets concussion. Josh Dobbs, who they traded for at the trade deadline last he, Tuesday, he just got there. We're talking <laughs> just... that was six days ago. Okay, did not take a rep in practice. Did not even take nothing. Okay didn't know the admit it afterwards he didn't know the names of most of the guys on the offensive side of the ball
4: <laughs> he said look don't even ask me because no. i don't know
3: <laughs> well they they said to kevin o'connell the coach hey wasn't it real cool that josh won a game in his hometown and kevin O'Connell's like i'll be honest with you dude i didn't even know where the guys from he's from there? He's, he's from he's from the georgia area yeah he well, he's from atlanta but anyway uh he comes in after the injury he goes 20 of 30 for 158 yards, two touchdowns, and 66 yards rushing. Like in that last drive, he's converting fourth downs, third downs with his wheels, with throws, and he ends up throwing the game winner, and they win the game over Atlanta. Like that's <laughs> unbelievable, and unbelievable.
4: Like they see that, that scramble that? where they said like he he scrambled a grand total of 50 yards. Like he like his 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 scramble, like his ability to just keep plays alive. That was one of the most gutsy performances of the weekend. Yeah, you know what I mean. A, a guy who doesn't even have his name on the locker yet. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. A, a guy who he it was so impressive because he started out the season in Cleveland. Yeah, then was traded to Arizona, then gets traded again. Right. It, it's just he's had to study so many different playbooks in the span of a year. Right. Right. Because because before Cleveland, where was he prior to that? I can't. I can't quite remember
3: Pittsburgh. Pretty sure he was in Pittsburgh before that. He has bounced around a ton.
4: He's he he he's bounced around. He's bounced around, but he's always been a guy who's just okay. Yeah. So listen, listen, listen to this. Twenty. Uh, he was in Pittsburgh in twenty 2020. twenty. Um. Twenty twenty two. He's in Tennessee. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. Arizona. This is getting traded. Then gets traded mid season. Uh. To minute uh. To Minnesota. So it's like. The dude is just, and then I, I could I could have sworn he was on Cleveland at one point. I could have right. sworn he was. Did well? Wasn't he? In, wasn't he in Cleveland when he played the Eagles in a preseason? Uh, yeah, then
3: maybe they cut him. Uh, and yeah, they, I, don't and know. I think they. I no, think Cleveland they cut him, him. Cleveland traded him to Arizona. Cleveland traded him the guy to Arizona.
4: Yes, yes, they traded him before the season started. So that's probably why I didn't register. Yes, right yes. Here. So again, a guy who's just a journeyman, but man, like. The well, Eagles probably should have had him as a backup rather than Mary. Well, here's the other thing with him. I'll ride with him. He's literally a rocket scientist.
3: What? He's a rocket like like the guy is a brainiac. Oh yeah. Like I'm okay, not kidding.
4: Walk w- 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 walk me through this. So 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 is he, is he is he like does he have like his masters and something like? Well, walk, walk me through this here because all right.
3: So he, he um he when he was at Tennessee. Okay. University. That's where he went to uh school. Okay. Yeah. He he was he 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 was unbelievably like smart. I'm I'm pulling it up right now. I'll give you exactly um what this guy's up to. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. Um he is super duper smart. Okay. Uh okay. So he is he is the founder of Astro Ordinary Dobbs Foundation. Um he is an astrophysicist. That's what he graduated with. That was his degree from Tennessee. You know, it, it, we joke about it. Like he, he participated in an internship at NASA at the Kennedy Space Center. Like, uh, seriously, I mean, th- this guy is, yeah. When when he's done football, he's going to be fine. Let me put it to you this way. This guy will this guy'll be all right. He's a hey, very listen, smart like guy. They,
4: Listen, like they always say, man, shoot for the moon and hope you land on the stars, man. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, man, Unbelievable. Oh, man yeah so that's, in, that's, that's awesome man that's awesome yeah. man who's yeah. who's who, listen revenge of the nerds right who said nerds can't win who who said nerds can't get the not nerd the end not me movie?
3: man not me <laughs> you know they it's it's unbelievable yeah but that that also helps like granted I, i'm not telling you he knew the whole playbook but this dude is so bright he's capable of getting the basics down and just getting out there and, and doing what you got to do right he, the bottom they, line they didn't is. even know the cadence he's on the sideline with the center like all right the cadence, what do we do on three like, they had no idea what was even going on. Like, it's right. it's pretty cool. And that and here's has, the other thing. This is where I, I started this off. Props to the Vikings, who are now all of a sudden really in legitimate playoff contention. They're 5-4. and four. They're not dead.
4: Now, let me ask you this, though. Do they want to really be in playoff contention? Kirk um, Cousins towards the CEO, you're not going to resign them.
3: No, I know. Where, where, here, here, here's where, here's where do you though. go from?
4: Where they're not go? bad
3: enough to be like one of those top threes. So you might as well <sighs> freaking go for it, try and get in the playoffs and see what weird stuff can happen.
4: And, and then maybe you can, I don't know, see what the quarterback market looks like in the offseason, see if someone's disgruntled. Maybe you trade for someone. Like, well, yeah. it's its because at this rate, they're going to be a mid-round draft pick.
3: I agree. They, they are. They're going to be right in the middle. They're going to be right in the middle. You're right. That's one of the have, worst, it's the worst place the worst you can be.
5: be in. Yeah, 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 you want to be that's, good that's, or terrible,
3: the last place you want to be is the middle. Yep.
4: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Because it's not like the NBA where it's a lottery, right? It's it's just no. if, you're, if you're good, if you're good, you don't get as you don't get great draft picks. If you're if you're terrible, you get great. If you're in the middle, you have see when you're a middle of the pack team, your GM, your scouts. I feel like I feel like when you're middle of the pack, you have to be exceptional in the front office because you have to because it's so easy to make it's so easy to reach for a guy at that at, at that spot. It's so easy to make a mistake between a guy who's really a first round level talent versus a guy who's maybe a second or third round level talent. You know what I mean? It's so easy to make a mistake. You got to be you got to be tremendous at your job if you're drafting, maybe between 14, 15, 16, anywhere, anywhere in the teens and the 20s. You got to be tremendous at your job. Big time. Big time for sure.
3: All right. Let's come back. Let's do a full dive into the NFL. Including some of the big games yesterday, uh, Baltimore rolling at this point. What the Chiefs did in Germany, and and I don't want to hear any more Miami. I don't want to hear it. Beat somebody real, which we'll we'll get into it. We'll we'll get into it. And what C J Stroud is doing. C J. Motherfucker Stroud. Nothing short of remarkable, man. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and
4: he's he's bringing the Ohio State curse, honestly.
3: He is. He is. And don't look now, but Cincinnati's back in a big, big way uh, after a slow start. So there's there's a lot to get in. We got a game tonight, too. We got Chargers-Jets tonight. We'll dive into all of it yeah. when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That is Tone to Shields in for D-Gun. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services, an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property, they offer cost effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So, if you have any types of issues, there's just a quick phone call away. Uh, they're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal and tree pruning, as well as stump grinding. Uh, you go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610 or online at flyntreeservices.com. That's flyntreeservices.com.
8: And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs.
6: Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshana is where you need to come.
8: You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675.
12: Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your green house? Is your roof, siding, deck, stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250.
13: L-E-X, Eagles.
3: One o'clock, yes, one o'clock in the East, hour number three of the program. Rob Ellis, Tone the to Shield, Tones in for D-Gun today. And uh, we spent a large portion of the first couple hours, as you would expect, talking about the Eagles' win over the Cowboys, moving to 8-1 and one on the season as they enter the bye week. Out of the bye week, it'll be a Monday night matchup with the Chiefs. Man, woof. Does that set up to be crazy? All right, so let's let's dip into some of the games around the league, Tone. I want to start with this one. Baltimore is legit. Baltimore's legit. They're scary, um, man. Four straight wins for the Ravens. They took care They they smashed, let's face it. They smashed the Seahawks yesterday, 37-3. to three. Uh, Baltimore's defense is nasty. Uh, Lamar is playing at a high level right now. If I'm Seattle, I'm a little bit concerned. So over the last four games, Tone, for Geno Smith, six interceptions and four touchdowns. Um, he is trending the wrong way right now for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, I, look, Baltimore's been a place where NFC teams have gone to <laughs> to kind of die. You know, you had the Lions going in there and getting beat up by them uh, the previous week. And then, of course, this past week, you, you know, was Seattle. So there's no crime in losing uh to them. Or actually it was two weeks ago when they when they played Detroit. The Arizona game was last week. No crime right. losing to them, but Seattle wasn't really competitive in that game. I mean they, they were fortunate they were kind of hanging around a little bit in the first half, and then they just, you know, Baltimore just pulled away in that game.
4: Yeah, their offense has kind of gotten stagnant over the past several weeks. Um, you know, when you really think about it, they've only scored uh so in the past, okay. So in the Ra- in the Ravens game, they only scored three points, right? In the Browns game, they only scored twenty points. Uh, in the in the I'm sorry, they score twenty four points. Excuse me. Um, Cardinals game, they score twenty points to win the game. Uh, Bengals game, they only score thirteen points. Uh, and they lose the game. So they haven't they haven't put up thirty points since week three of the NFL season. So they're struggling to string together some drives. They're struggling. Um, to be able to put up enough points to create some distance. Um, they're so funny, the Seahawks are a very talented team. They're talented. And one may argue that they're a quarterback away. Listen, Geno, I think he's doing the best he can with his tools at, you know, his toolkit. And um, he's obviously not playing as uh he's he's nowhere near, in my opinion, he's not as sharp as he was last year. Um, Geno Smith, right now, uh just you know, just looking at the numbers, uh last season last season he led the league in terms of completion percentage. He was completing 69.8% of his passes. At one point in the season he was completing uh, above 70%. But um he complete last last season he completed 69 almost almost 70% of his passes uh through for just over 4200 yards and 30 passing touchdowns and 11 interceptions. This yep. season through eight this season through 8 games through 8 games he's completing 65% of his passes. That's right at league average. Um, he's, he's thrown just over 1,800 passing yards, um, only nine touchdowns and seven interceptions. So he's pretty damn close to eclipsing the amount of interceptions he had, uh, last season right now. He's only projected to throw, uh, just over 3,800 passing yards, 19 passing touchdowns, 15 interceptions. That's a far cry from his season, um, last year. So, um, I think this is more so where he act. I think this is who he really is. If you ask me um again it's better than what he's been in his career don't yep. get it twisted but i think this is actually more on par with who geno smith is um right now i i tend to agree with you i think
3: we're i think he can be better than he was yesterday for sure but yeah, I yeah, yeah think definitely that, yesterday was just woo. it feels like yesterday or last year was sort of more of the anomaly uh right. than, than than anything else with him but we'll see i mean we'll see it's it, it's a couple bad games he you know he's He's kind of gone through some of these stretches before. We'll see. But Baltimore, yeah. I, I would look at it right now in the ASC tone. I think Baltimore is the biggest threat to the Chiefs. I mean, if you look at it, there's a couple of teams like some. I I, I said, yeah, well, we'll get to Miami in a minute. I'm not buying Miami. Um, I, I think what the what the Jaguars have done is impressive. You know, they've they've really gotten it together of late. But everybody else, you know, like Pittsburgh and Cleveland, I'd say the two greatest threats to the Chiefs, Cincy and Baltimore. They're the two greatest threats. And everybody else is is kind of pretenders in the AFC right now.
4: Yeah. You know, look, man, that AFC North, I don't think it's locked up for anybody. Nothing's easy.
3: That is just,
4: yeah, that's a tough, tough division. The Ravens look great. Don't get it twisted. They look great right now. But you know they're two and one in they're two and one in the division, and I'm I understand Pittsburgh. They're very very inconsistent on offense. I mean they're five and three because of their defense. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, and some opportunistic offense. But they're five and three. Uh, Browns are five and three. Bengals are five and three. You know, just based off of the numbers. Did you know the Bengals are fourth in their division?
5: Just based I know off,
4: right. That's insane, right? Yep. So, in my humble opinion, the way I see this thing, and also all these other teams like the uh, Steelers, Browns, Bengals, yeah, they're five and three, but all those teams had their bye as well. The uh, mm-hmm. Ravens haven't had their bye yet, so they played nine games, whereas the other teams have played eight. So, this is this this the way this division ekes out is going to be tremendous because Baltimore, who's coming up on the schedule right now, right? So, Baltimore. They, they have, have a pretty
3: tough schedule to close out the year.
4: These, they, these, next, oh, yeah. See, look, yep. look, they got the Browns who got, who just got the Sean Watson back, right? Yep. And they, and they won. They shut out the Cardinals. I mean, yep. not really a tough feat, but, no, still, but still getting him back um, is big. Getting him back is huge. You got the Browns at home, Bengals at home. Then you got to go into the West Coast, try to beat the Chargers on the road. Then you got the Rams who are pretty, pretty dead. Uh, then, but then you got the Jags, 49ers, Dolphins, Steelers. That outside of that Rams game, I mean, what do you like? Okay, on this final stretch, right? Let's think yeah. about okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games left, right? Yeah. Realistically, based off all those teams I mentioned, what's their record in that final eight game stretch?
3: Oh, boy. Uh,
4: I'll say five and three, five and three. Okay. So you got them beating the Rams, obviously I'm assuming you have them beating the chargers.
3: Yes. Which is kind of, I wouldn't even call that a toss up game, but the chargers are capable, but they're, they seem to never come up big when it matters the most,
4: but yeah. Okay. So I would say Rams
3: chargers,
4: Rams chargers. They're going to win two, two wins.
3: They'll win at home against Pittsburgh.
4: Okay, that's the last game of the season. That's three wins.
3: They'll... I think they win at home this week against Cleveland.
4: Okay, four What's wins. What's that, four? That's four. That leaves four games left.
3: Um, I think they win... I think they win home against Miami, too.
4: Okay, that's five wins. So you have yeah. them losing against the 49ers. You have them losing against the Jags. Both of those games on the road. And They're I'm assuming you had the and I assume yeah. you have them losing against Cincinnati.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna give them one other loss. But if they get to that, I mean if they get to that five and three mark, so they would have let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, right? I mean, that's 12. That's 12 and five. You know, I think that wins that division.
4: But then the Bengals schedule. Let's look at that really quickly. Okay. The the Bengals, they got the Texans. Then they got the Ravens. it got to be a
3: win. It won't be easy, but it'll
4: be a win. Right. They got the Texans, Ravens, Steelers, Jaguars, Colts, Vikings, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns. Ooh, this is, this is going to be a hell of a stretch for the AFC North. Yeah. I have no idea who's going to win this thing, Robs. Like, Man. Because the Bengals and the Ravens, they have some very interesting matchups where they have so many toss-up games. Yeah, they, these
3: the, two have That's – they're both pretty challenging schedules right
4: there. And then the Browns, I mean – Okay, they got the Ravens, Steelers, Broncos, Rams, Jags, Bears, Texans, Jets. You could probably argue the Browns are the easier, the easier stretch. Final eight game stretch. You can yeah. make an argument because Texans, Bears, Rams, Broncos, and then Jets. You could probably make an argument for them. Mm-hmm. But again, man, the way the Browns look sometimes on offense with the, with Deshaun Watson, you never know what you're going to get from him lately.
3: True, and this, if you can stay healthy too, yeah.
4: The AFC North, still, in my humble opinion, even with the Ravens playing as well as they are, it's a toss-up. It's, it's really a toss-up. Agreed.
3: Uh, all right. So that's uh that's interesting. And that 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 will keep us with the Bengals beating the Bills last night. Since he's won four straight, I, I mentioned this to you in our pre-show meeting. So Buffalo hasn't won two straight tone since weeks three and four. Wow. So, you know, and, and some of that is explainable by injury, and some of it isn't. You know, it's just they have not played up to, I think, what their standard is and what their hopes were for this year. And and by them being so up and down, it's kind of left the door open in that division. Like, yes, the Dolphins are six and three, but we've seen the Dolphins can't beat good teams. The uh the Jets who play tonight in, in a game that they very well could win at home against the Chargers. If they do, they're five and three. Jets are not out of this thing for the playoffs, which – and then you know what's going to happen, man. If we're getting towards the end of the year and somehow the Jets sneak in, all we're going to be hearing is Aaron Rodgers hype. That's all we're going to be hearing about him potentially coming back and playing.
4: Absolutely. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Without a a shadow of a doubt, you know, this is another division, in my opinion, at least with the top three teams, Dolphins, Jets, Bills. I mean, I, I know the Bills haven't been playing too well. But it's kind of hard to count them out because of that Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs combo. It's kind of hard to just count them out entirely. Yeah. Um, but, again, this is going to come down to the final stretch of that schedule, man. I mean, l- l- you know, l- let's kind of do the same thing we did for the AFC North, right? Let's kind of look at what's coming up for the Miami Dolphins. Let's start with them because they lead the division. The Miami Dolphins, next up they have, they have the Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills.
5: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: I think they beat I think they beat the Raiders. I think they beat. See, that's a road game at, at the Jets, though. Um, I think they can beat the Raiders. They can beat the Jets. They can beat the Commanders. They can beat the Titans. They can beat the Jets. I think they lose to the Cowboys. I think they lose to the Ravens. Yeah. And I think, and I and I and I think the Bills edged them out in the final game of the season. I think they, I think the Miami Dolphins lose their final three games of the season.
3: That could it, look, it could be that way. I mean, this thing is, is wide open in that division. It it is very I I am not a believer in Miami. They need to prove it to me. I'm not a believer. Not
4: yep. And then the Jets, they got the Chargers tonight. Yep. Uh, but then they have Raiders, Bills, Dolphins, Falcons, Texans, Dolphins, Commanders, Browns, Patriots.
3: It's not the hardest schedule in the
4: world. It's not the hardest not. thing in the world.
3: It's easier than the other two have than, than, than the two teams we just talked about. It's easier.
4: Right. And again, no one's saying Zach Wilson is this world beater, but they find a way to win
5: games. Well, their it's defense weird. is
4: really good. Yeah. I mean, what they
3: need from him is just don't turn it over, man. And and you know, keep some drives alive, get Brees Hall the ball a lot. Try and get the ball to Garrett Wilson without turning it over. That's all you're asking from him. Just don't kill us. You know, that's all. Yeah. Um, and then
4: the then the Bills, Broncos, Jets, Eagles, Chiefs. Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins, <sighs> man, yeah. another division that can potentially be a toss-up because of how things may shake out, man. It's going to again, man. The AFC, by no stretch of the imagination, is um locked and loaded. No, no, uh, that's for sure.
3: All right, uh, I wanted to hit this one. So CJ Stroud yesterday in the Texans' comeback win goes for four hundred and seventy in the air. 30 of 42 uh, passing, five touchdowns, no picks, 147.8 passer rating. He threw the game-winning touchdown with six seconds left uh, to, to march them all the way down the field with under a minute to go. Um, mm-hmm. To talk about this is a runaway, it is the ultimate runaway. Like, it is – it is. he has smashed and destroyed the other rookie quarterbacks. I, I mean, you know, it's been a tough goal for Bryce Young. Uh Anthony Richardson, it's a shame he got hurt because there were some nice things that we saw from him.
5: Yeah. And well, Levis,
4: well, Levis had uh, a yeah, couple yeah. uh a, a coming out game, but then kind of came back down to earth a little mm-hmm.
3: bit. Right. And um, that one in, in fairness, we got to give him a little bit of time
4: before we make it. Yeah, of course. On. Yeah, he, I mean he hasn't really played anything, so we can't really judge him, really.
3: So but the but Stroud's been spectacular. His his touchdown to, to interception ratio is 14 to 1. <laughs> on the season, he's got a he's got a 102.9 passer rating. And he's already thrown for over twenty two hundred yards. I mean, and they're four and four. I mean, most people didn't think they'd win four games this year.
4: And if we're, and if you look at some of those, if you look at their schedule, there are some games where you say, "Hold on, that that should have been a, they they should have beat the Falcons." Yeah, they should they should have beat the Saints, and they should have beat the Panthers. Yeah, if we're being complete, if, if we're being completely honest, they should be on a one two three four five six. They should be on a six game winning streak. Mm-hmm. They should, but. Again, the way that Falcons game turned out, the way the Panthers game turned out, they lost those games with their defense being on the field, not the offense. Yeah. The, yep. d- the offense got the lead, defense couldn't, you know, couldn't get a stop. So, very easily they could be their four and four. Man, they should honestly, they should honestly maybe have only maybe three, three losses on the schedule, really.
3: Yeah, I mean, Ryan, should be, should be five their, and three. Yeah, D'Amico Ryan's in their front office have done an awesome job Um, because they had, they didn't necessarily go full splashy move. They went solid, good player moves. Foundational Um, moves. Yeah. Foundational kind of moves. And they, you know, the biggest thing they're, they're, they're not all the way there yet, but they're trying to do a good job protecting CJ Stroud, which is always critical, obviously, but you know, they're going to be good defensively eventually uh, when they have a, with a guy like D'Amico Ryans as the head coach, but they're, they're, uh, they're an interesting I, – I think he's done a great job. I think Shane Steichen's done a really good job with the Colts. Uh, the, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're who, in every game. They're, they're in, in every, every game they play. Game. Yeah, and they're not going to be a playoff team or anything like that. But all things considered, you know, he's he's rolling with Gardner Minshew, man. There, there's – you know, he doesn't have a starter and Anthony Richardson. He's done a good job, Steichen. He's he's really shown himself well,
4: I think, there. Yeah, when, this, when it comes to C.J. Stroud, just going back to him really quickly,
5: mm-hmm. in
4: his rookie season, he's on pace – to throw 593 attempts with 368 completions. That's a 62% completion percentage. A little, below league, a little below league average, but he's a rookie. So I'm not even faulting him for the completion percentage. He's still, um, in my opinion, doing the best he can right now, especially with the weapons he has. He's on pace for 4,824 passing yards and 30 passing touchdowns and only two interceptions with 102.9 pass rating on the season. What? That's incredible. That's if incredible. If they get this kid, if they get this kid a number one, because he has a running back, right? And oh yeah, he does. Pierce I, is good, yeah. and and I feel like his offensive line is serviceable. If he can get and I and I, I like his tight end and Dalton Schultz. If he can get a number one receiver, coupled with the um, who's the kid they drafted? The receiver they drafted out of um. Uh, it's is it? It's not not Hyatt, but what's his name? Tank Dell. Tank yeah, Tank Dell. I liked him in college. Tank
3: Dell. It has a nice connection with him. Yeah, Hyatt went to the yes. Giants, but but their GM Nick Casario's done a really props to him.
4: You know, he's a done job. a nice job. Yep, hell of a job, man. You know he's you know did you know three receivers had over hundred yards in that game yesterday?
3: No, I mean, geez he threw for four seventy. Man, some guys are gonna put some yards up, right?
4: It was a hell of a game, man. That that kid, awesome. he's he he's he's actively breaking the Ohio State curse, without, without, without <laughs> single-handedly, yeah, single-handedly, man. Uh, you got to credit recruiters, do man. Is that a good the job, yeah. Um,
3: so, a couple of this is shame when it when it rains, it pours on the Vikings here. Uh, yeah. They traded for Cam Akers earlier in the year. The running back, he tore his Achilles yesterday. He's done
4: for the season. So, uh, wow.
3: <laughs> the hits keep coming, man. On on
4: them. It's Did you know he bad. was supposed to be the um the emergency the emergency quarterback if Josh Dobbs went down?
3: No, why? Well, so played in high school or something?
4: Yeah, right, right, right. So Cam Akers goes down. Now you have no quarterbacks left besides Josh Dobbs, and he does what he does. That makes yeah, it that much more impressive. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome.
3: Why? Well, you saw yesterday their kicker went down, so they they yeah, they're running. Their running back kicked an extra point.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think the same thing happened with the Texans too, right? Because they, I think they're kicking more down too. That's mistaken. what I'm saying.
3: I'm so, I'm sorry. I meant the Texans.
4: Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It. Okay. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um. Because in, the, in that game, they didn't even they didn't even go for kick the field goal. They just kneeled it and said, "You know what? They, we're they did. Gonna...
3: <laughs> they did. Yeah. Yep.
4: Yeah. Everybody exactly. <laughs> gonna take our chances.
3: Yeah. Which is smart. I mean, it could have been a disaster if that's yeah. The case. Smart. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, basically speaking of Ohio State quarterbacks, we still don't know when we're gonna see Justin Fields. Uh, Ty- Tyson Bajan, Started again yesterday. I don't think Ooh. it really matters who starts for the for the Bears at this point. They're they're going to get their doors blown off, but uh, he's still trying to come back from a thumb injury. Uh, he practiced a little bit last week. He's getting closer, but they won't commit to him. You know, being able to play yet. So they, right. don't, they don't really know what's going on with them. Um, they they've had just an. Um, I'll tell you, it, it's the Giants. If I had to look at it right now, I'd say the Bears, the the Giants. New England. Oof. Uh I mean Carolina, I, I and, and Arizona, you kind of expected this, right? So I'm not really that surprised. But I would say those other teams have had absolutely are, are right there in contention for the most miserable seasons by far.
4: You know, l- let me let me take it a step further for you, right? Because, you know, this is this is supposed to be a really good quarterback draft. This is what they're saying, right? You know. Caleb, uh, Caleb um, is Caleb Williams,
3: Caleb Williams from USC, Caleb Williams Um, from
4: USC, Bo Nix, all that kind of stuff. You know, this is uh, is supposed to be a good quarterback draft. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. This is supposed to be a pretty good quarterback draft, right? Yeah. All these teams that are in like the top at least seven. Have some decisions to make. Yeah. Arizona. You're going to have the. there's a chance you have the number one overall pick. What with do you do you ride out with Colin Murray or you know what you do? Do you trade back? What do you do? Right? Uh, Or do you pick a quarterback? What do you do? Um, the Chicago Bears had the second and third overall pick because the Carolina Panthers traded it to them. You know, Mm -hmm. the sad thing about Carolina, they can't even reap the benefits of being terrible, right? Because they're
3: not gonna draft a quarterback,
4: yeah, exactly. So, so, um But even then, right, if you still had that second overall pick somehow, if you still managed to get Bryce Young and still had your second overall pick, at least you can get him a wide receiver and Marvin Harrison Jr., right? At least you can do that. But they can't have the benefits of being terrible. So then you got Chicago with the number two and number three overall picks. Will Chicago go for a quarterback? Will they give up on Justin Fields? You never know. Then the New York Giants, they gave Daniel Jones all that money. Do you draft a quarterback or do you say, no, we're going to continue with the guy we have and try to put some more pieces around him? Maybe Maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. What do you do? Um... New England, Mac Jones. I think they go for a quarterback if I'm being honest. But still, you got to make that decision. Yep. And then the Rams, Matthew Stafford. What do you do? Are you going to draft the quarterback for the future? Or are you going to still rock out with Matthew Stafford? Yeah. The problem is they don't have any picks. Then um, but they traded then, everything away. Yeah. But actually, this year they had their first round pick.
3: They do? Okay.
4: Yep. Yep. They got a six overall. This year they did their first one in a long I time. Would. <laughs> I would um, I would take a quarterback in a and second. And then Green Bay, seventh overall um draft pick jordan love you kind you you gave you gave him some money you know to give him another year or two to really figure it out but what do you what, what do you do are you going to draft the quarterback or are you going to try to figure see if jordan love can figure it out tampa bay i think they draft the quarterback denver what are you going to do you're going to knife them raw you know what i'm saying russell they're wilson, still I they're mean, locked
3: in for a lot of money for russell wilson i hear you right man, Ten,
4: man. tennessee top 10 you drafted a you drafted a quarterback two uh, straight first, years Two straight years in the first three rounds. I mean, what do you, you know, what what are we doing here, right? So, listen, man, this is going to be a fascinating draft. Oh, without question,
3: it is. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. There's a lot of things that are that are. You you have a lot of things going on with teams who who are tied in financially. Arizona being like the 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 number one, that because Kyler Murray will not respond well to that. He's not going to look at that and say, "Oh, I'm up for the challenge" or anything like that. I'm telling you, it's it's going to be it's going to be bad if they take somebody. I will I will tell you that. Uh, yep. Which so Tyler says, which wide receiver went in the first round of the NFL draft? Is he? I guess he's talking about last year's draft. Uh, there was a run on push. them. There was a run on them late, if you remember, um, because I remember sitting there at you know draft night and saying to myself, "Oh my God, I can't believe!" Like I I don't remember uh it going this far without there being a receiver taken then we started getting a couple of them taken late so you want me to uh, want to run through it i'll run through it. you have it tone i if you don't yeah, know, I, I, yeah,
4: I got it right here yep okay. so all right in terms of what the first wide receiver the first wide receiver to come off the board was jackson smith the jigbo
3: yep that number had, that was all yeah, the way had, to 20
4: not yeah, there was 20. a run there yep. was a run on them. So yep. what happened was everyone, everyone started off. You know they got their quarterbacks, they got their linebackers, their like D linemen, O line, all that kind of stuff. And then there was a huge run. It was almost like people were waiting for that first person to make it. Is like, okay now it's going to start. Yep. Um, Jackson, uh, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba went 20th overall to Seattle. Then Quentin Johnson went uh, 21st overall to the Chargers. And then Baltimore drafted Zay Flowers right after that. And then Minnesota drafted Jordan Addison. And that was pretty much the run right there. And yeah. right now, man, at least three of those guys. Um, I know Quentin, Quentin Johnston has had some moments for the Chargers, but right now Jackson Smith, the Jigba, Zay Flowers, and Jordan Addison look like slam dunks for those teams.
3: Yeah, yeah I love Addison. Addison's done a really nice – all year, but especially with uh, with Jefferson being down, he's done a really mm-hmm. nice job. And Zay Flowers has been good, too. The only knock on him was his size, um, but he plays tough.
4: You know, He, play, he plays big, plays tough, and he's – and for got to – you know, play the way he's playing and you know, not having Justin Jefferson. See, he's doing what he's doing without having Justin Jefferson next to him, which yeah, tells right. me that he's actually he he's he's commanding attention and still being productive. Right. So and that's the difference between guys who are really good, regardless of who they play next to, they're gonna still be productive. That's the that was the knock on Juju Smith Schuster. You know, right. I'm not kinda I'm not kind of bouncing back and forth, but mm-hmm. Juju Smith playing next to A B, people kind of overhyped him. And I'm like, no, I don't think he's as good as people making him to be. And now we see it. Jordan Addison, man, he's doing it next to nobody, man. Maybe T.J. Hawkinson, but, man, he's still doing his thing, man. It's amazing.
3: Yeah, and there, that's, uh, that team's all of a sudden become very kind of interesting to watch, that Minnesota team, that's for sure. All right, so uh, a couple other NFL news and notes. And, again, if you're just tuning in, so two two big things. One, Daniel Jones out rest of the season, torn ACL. Not that the Giants were going anywhere anyway, but it just further complicates their quarterback situation. He got his money,
4: man. He ain't tripping.
3: That's true. That is true. Um, so that's the biggie. Unfortunately, from an eagle standpoint, it is a fractured forearm uh, for Dallas Goddard. Tom Pelissaro reporting from the NFL Network he'll have surgery as quickly as possible. The hope is it's only four to six weeks, which would get him back in time for the end of the regular season. Christmas time-ish, somewhere around there. The end of the regular season, get him back, get a couple games under his belt, and then he'll roll into the postseason. As Tone pointed out earlier, he got hurt right around the same time. I think this time frame's a little bit longer for the comeback, but nonetheless, he got hurt right around the same time frame last year and was able to come back. And you remember had a big Super Bowl. Like it, he came back and was still really good. Uh so that look, it could have been worse. We we could have got news that this is a you know a season ending thing. So I'll right. I'm actually weirdly, I don't know, optimistic that they're getting back at some point. But you are gonna miss him big during this Kansas City. Buffalo, Seattle, San Francisco, uh, Dallas stretch. You are going to miss him big time. uh, That's for sure. But, you know, like they say, somebody's got to step up here. So somebody does have to step up. Um, All right, Chargers-Jets tonight. What, What is your sense of that one, Tone? This game's in New York. Ooh.
4: This is a fascinating matchup because I don't believe in the Los Angeles Chargers in any shape, way, or form. All right. And it's sad because when you look at their team, right? They're very, they're very talented. Let's really call it what it is, right? You got Justin Herbert at quarterback, uh, Austin Eckler at running back. Uh, you have Keenan Allen and Quentin Johnston at wide receiver. Two talented guys. They lost Mike Williams for the year, but you still have Keenan Allen and Quentin Johnston, two talent, two talented guys. Um, I've always felt like I've always felt like the Chargers were talented at tight end. Um, none of those guys are big names, but they're very productive. In my opinion, I think I, I think I'm really to in. They're good at they're good on the offensive line. Uh, they're talented on defense with Joey Bosa. And uh, do they still have where is he? They still got Kyle Mack, you know what I mean? They got Eric Kendricks, in my opinion, who was a who was a good linebacker throughout his career, Durham James, a Samuel Jr., a corner. Yeah, they're t- they're, t- they're 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 talented, mm-hmm. yet they find ways to lose games. So I think if I really have to be as, as exciting as the Jets are at times, I might got to take the chargers because of the quarterback position. That's really it. Right. I got to go with the Chargers on that.
3: Yeah, fair enough. I, I I actually, I can't back Zach Wilson. As much as I believe in their defense, I can't back him in a tough spot. So yeah. um, I'm going to lean if, charge. I'm going to
4: lean charge. Now, if the Jets had Joshua Dobbs, <laughs> then I might, then I yeah. might feel different <laughs> exactly
3: all right let's come back uh we get a bunch of things let, let, let's dip into the Sixers a little bit here Tone they're off to a four and one start they've won four straight they play against a team they should beat tonight again the Washington Wizards but dare I say they are fun to watch yes I know how we all felt about them but let's let's talk about that when we get back we'll dig into the Sixers a little bit I'll give you some Philly stuff, a bunch of other things that we'll uh, we'll dive into and circle it back to the Eagles as well. He's Tony yes, to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We'll be right back.
6: I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We we're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to the Broad Street, and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
11: Go to get your
2: game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the stakes, and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on.
13: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
3: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our
9: communities where light and love are needed most.
13: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you.
3: Final segment of the show, Sports Fake. Let's smash the like if we could, friends. Appreciate it. He's Tone in for D-Gun. I'm Rob, hanging out with you on this Monday. All right, Tone, so a couple things. Zach Wheeler gets the wins the gold glove.
9: Sweet,
3: uh, sweet. Re- yeah, very good. Uh, certainly very good fielding pitcher. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I think had Ranger Suarez not been on the IR a bunch of times this year, think he probably would have wanted because he's their best fielding pitcher but he missed probably too much time uh right. but nonetheless wheel we are good for him uh getting any kind of acknowledgment because the guy's an absolute beast so uh he wins the gold glove free agency has officially started in baseball uh and the Phillies have two you know big time decisions to make one Aaron Nola one Reese Hoskins I think they were will make a strong effort to try to bring Nola back. That doesn't mean he's coming back. He may get a crazy offer somewhere else. If that's the case, I think the Phillies have a limit. Like they're not just gonna, you know, open up the checkbook and say, what do you want? It's not that way. They'll try hard, but ultimately he's gonna roll if if somebody gives him a crazy offer. I think Reese Hoskins is gone. Um, it's a shame. Nice guy, good team guy. He'll catch on somewhere and 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 be a nice DH for somebody,
4: but mm-hmm. I just don't see it being here. So I think, see, I think one sense. is out, one could be back. See, that's what I was going to ask you, because I'm thinking to myself, who would you rather have? And I understand, you know, pitching is significantly more important, in my opinion, than bats, in my opinion. Yep. But Aaron Nola, as greatest of a stretch he had in the playoffs, when it mattered at its absolute most, he turned back into a pumpkin. And then we've, we've had more bad with him this season than good. You know, with Reese, I feel like they missed his bat. I really feel that way because he's coming off that injury. His market won't be that vast. Do you think they should make a stronger push for Reese than they should for Nola?
3: So because uh,
4: because of the dynamic that because of the the, the dynamic that's surrounding Nola and how he plays.
3: I I think everything you laid out is 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 uh, fair. I, I think that they definitely did miss Reese's bat, especially having somebody some option off the bench. They do. They did miss that. But because he's so limited in the field and because Schwarber's a DH and you can't really put him in the field, it just mm. doesn't work here. So okay. I think he goes somewhere else and he's a DH. And I, I think Hold that's on. just probably the way it goes. Uh, as far as Nola goes, you're right. I mean, he didn't pitch well in game six. No denying that. He did pitch very well towards Prior the to end that. of the year, into the Good. playoffs right up until then. Um, I think because Nola – is I don't see him having two straight, really bad years. And he's a guy who still, no matter what, eats a lot of innings for you and, 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 you know, strikes out a lot of guys
4: like they're talking about, would would you say this was his worst, just the season, right? Not playoffs. Would you say this is his worst season of his career?
3: Yeah. he's had like two like this, but he usually bounces back off. I'm saying, including this one has, has had two like this. He usually bounces back. I, I, what the thing with that worries me is like, they're talking about potentially going after Blake Snell of the Padres. I don't love Blake Snell. He he's very good, uh, he but he he's he's at his best when he's in a free agent year, and he's usually a guy who's out of there by the fifth or sixth inning. He gets he, he even by today's standards, he doesn't pitch a lot of innings. So I would worry about both of those things if I were the Phillies. I would not make a hard push for Blake Snell if Nola walks. I'd go after somebody else. I try and make a trade or sign somebody else. I don't love Blake Snell, so right. so
4: Blake Snell so Blake Snell all about the money more so and he's going to get Man. it too. And he's going to get and it. the fact that he, he he can't really take you deep in, in innings. He's not. Yeah. It
3: concerns me. Concerns okay. me big time. Fair, fair, uh, fair
4: enough.
3: All right. Uh, let's go to hoops here because the Sixers Sixers lost the opener by one point to the Bucks and have won four straight since then. Uh, and I know to some degree, like up until the Suns game, it wasn't the greatest level of competition. And they beat the Suns without Booker. And, you know, we could we can make all the excuses we want. They're playing good basketball. They're playing fun basketball. I think, you know, one of the things that's important in the early going here was a lot of us were so fed up with this team getting bounced in the second round and all the hardened crap and Doc Rivers and all that, that people either checked out or they basically were like, you know what? I don't even want to put myself through the emotional investment of this. I think mm-hmm. now, with the way they're being coached by Nick Nurse, by the way the ball's moving, what you're seeing on offense, how fun Maxi is how the other pieces appear to be thriving like Tobias Harris. I one hundred percent have enjoyed watching them play this year, and i'll be I'll be locked in on them tonight uh, again against Washington. It's I'm telling you, I'm not you do whatever you want,, uh, but they're fun to watch. It's worth your time, especially with there not being baseball to watch during the week, in my opinion.
4: You know what stands out to me more than anything, right? Obviously max C and b are doing what they do, but what stands out to me about what they're doing, is that they're both averaging just above six assists a game that's and especially for mb that's fascinating to me and i believe in tyree smex's career if i'm not mistaken i think that's a career high. i mean it's only five games but yeah i think for his career you know he's only averaged let me make sure i got this right you know his rookie year two assists uh his, his second season four assists uh third season average just over three assists this year he's averaging almost seven assists a game so um, and he's averaging 26 points per game and he's, he's he's he only turns the ball over maybe once a game if maybe right. like he, he he's such and he, he's he's such an effective scorer
5: mm-hmm.
4: but he's also smart with the basketball and he just makes the right basketball play and like you you said it best right they're so fun to watch and it seems like they're genuinely having fun on the court i love the way nick nurse has the moving around right it seems like everybody has an opportunity it seems like everybody is a threat on the floor Whereas yep. though in Rivers offense, you kind of knew where the scoring was going to come from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doing, I think, it, I think it's, amazing I, job.
3: I think it's Doc, it was Doc's offense and I think it was Harden, you know, just taking the air out of the ball a lot. Now with this team, it's moving more. It's moving. Guys are cutting. It, it's just different. It just, um, you know, and they haven't even really worked the other guys into it much. They played a little bit on, on uh, Saturday, but, you know, Batum's back with the team, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Covington and, and KJ Martin and those guys—they're going to work them more in as we go. Maybe starting tonight, but they have been—they've been fun, dare I say, to watch. They have.
4: Yeah, they have four players averaging twenty or more points per game right now through the first five games. Um, Tobias Harris seems like he's functioning pretty well in the offense. Um, I'm curious to see how I'm, I'm curious to see what Tobias Harris' ceiling is in this offense because, um, you know, with you know with James Harden being here, he kind of turned into a spot up shooter. Yeah. And I've always felt like Tobias Harris is much better than what his situation has kind of required of him. Um, He's a big body, uh, um, a, a very long guy. Can, you know, he can defend. You know, he doesn't have the fastest feet, but his length allows him to defend. Um, Great mid-range game. Great mid-range yep. game. Can shoot, you know, can shoot the three no matter where you are. Um, I wish he was a little bit stronger at finishing at the rim, but I think it just comes with him being aggressive. He's not aggressive enough at times. And I think this is an opportunity for him to do so. And I think it flows well with, with what Nick Nurse is doing. And, you know, again, MB averaging almost 30 points a game. You know what I'm saying? Averaging 11 rebounds, um, averaging just, just over two blocks a game. You know, it's, they just seem significantly more effective and efficient. Cohesive. And they're just flu- they yeah, they look way more cohesive, And You know, there's something to be said about you know how we talk about Jalen Hurts, right? The, the Jalen Hurts effect, and just guys like playing with him. They like they like being around him. You know, he's just he's just a he's a player's player. You know, yeah. Tyrese Maxi, same thing, oh, right? Totally. They're two they're, they're two different kinds of people. Maxi's more bubbly, all that kind of stuff, yes. but. Yep. You know Maxi, he's just a—he seems like the kind of guy you want to play with, right? Yeah, he's fun to watch. You want to play with him. Um, he's always optimistic. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of vibe you need in the in that organization right now. Yep. Maybe depending on where Tyrese Maxi continues to take his career, who knows what his ceiling is right now? Because again, average of 26 points per game, he—that might come down a little bit depending. You know things—you know things level lot. once you get midway through the season. Sure. But man, yeah. if Tyrese Maxi. Can continue the way he's playing right now, averaging 38 minutes a game. He, he that may turn the tide in what they may do, uh, in free agency in the offseason. That it may turn the tide in what may happen um, at the trade deadline. It may give Joel Embiid some hope in terms of okay, maybe 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 I, I don't need to go anywhere else to win this thing because I think Tyrese Maxey can ball with the best of them. Maybe yeah. not the best defender, but he you can tell he's worked on that pick and roll game, like you know, like um, like our guy. Keith Pompey said, "Man, he said you can see he's worked on that pick and roll game, and it's he's 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 efficient, shoots well from the three. But where, where is he right now at three point scoring in terms of um just his uh his average? I think right now he's he's shooting forty seven percent.
3: That's a good good percentage.
4: That's a yeah. hell of a number. That's a hell of a number. And on top of that, just to, just to put it in perspective, I know I'm kind of rammed a little bit, but just to put it in perspective, man, uh his rookie year." He shot 30% from the three, right? Not really that good. But then he came back. He got out the lab. His second season, 40 uh 42% from the three. His third season, 43% from the three. This season through four through five games, 47% from the three. And again, I'm sure that's going to live a well, lot, but he's proven that he is a reliable three-point shooter, not just off the spot up, but shooting off the dribble. And, I, and that's what makes him so dangerous. His ability to score off the dribble is spectacular.
3: Oh, agreed, agreed. And I, I thought what was really interesting, uh, yesterday. It was after Saturday's game. Sorry, not yesterday, but uh, Nick Nurse was pretty critical of him in this sense. Like Maxi had a good game. He had twenty-two and ten, and five rebounds, which you would think, you know, good game, right? He shot nine of eighteen from the floor, fifty percent. But he said. I want him even more aggressive. I want him to get to the free throw line more than 2 times in the game, which he, he only went 2 times, he was 2 for 2. He said, "We need more from him. I expect more from him. Everybody loves him, but I need him to be more aggressive." That was and he's the kind of guy you can say that about and and talk about in that sense, mm-hmm. like he he can handle it. So, yeah. you know, that's I think you're going to come see a guy tonight maxi who's going to come out and be super uber aggressive tonight yeah, on the season
4: he's a, on the season he's a 93 free throw shooter so that's amazing right then and there and you know nick nurse isn't wrong right especially when you think about the games where he um you know his best games on the season is when he was being super aggressive at the free throw line right that milwaukee game he went eight for ten from the free throw line the portland game went 10 for 10 right so and the more you do it the more you show that you're a threat down there, the refs are going to start to respect you and you're going to start getting the calls. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he can bang with the best of them, right? And he's gotten significantly stronger, you know, in, in comparison to what he was his rookie year. He's got so much stronger. I like him exactly where he is in terms of his size and his athleticism. I like him just where he is, man. Um, Tyrese Maxey, I've been a fan of his since we drafted him, man. But I've been a huge fan of him.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So that's good news for the Sixers. I don't know if you saw this. So um, I was, I think it was over the weekend. I don't think we talked about it on Friday. So James Harden was asked about his time in Philadelphia and, you know, what he expects with the Clippers. And he says at one point, you know, we asked him about the system that he played. He said, um, (laughs) hey, he, he said, it's not about the system. I am the system, you know, basically. And he talked about how he was muzzled here. And held down because he was asked to pass the ball a little bit more. It, it, like, and then he play, he might make his debut tonight against the Knicks. Um, so I, I tone I am rooting so hard every time the Clippers play for the other team. I can't even explain it to you. Go next. You know what's
4: you know what's sad, man? Prior to him getting there, like I liked. The Clippers with the Russell Westbrook Paul George Kawhi combo I like that combo because Paul um, Russell Westbrook got such a bad hand dealt with the Lakers and a lot of people kept saying he's done his career is over you can't play with him but when he got to the Clippers you saw him turn back the clock and you saw okay it's not it wasn't necessarily him it was the situation he was in right now you yep. bring in James Harden and now he's in my opinion you put him right back in the same situation and James Harden, dude, you at some point you got to wake up a smarter pheromone, my guy. Like, you can't win with you, and you're he's so ball dominant. It makes me, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't and seem like he still thinks gonna,
3: he's the guy from ten years ago, too.
4: Yeah, that's 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 delusion at its finest. It's it's not, it's it's just it's just not going to work out, man. Like if the clip.
3: They're gonna find out man. the hard way because that thing's gonna go up in flames. It's not just him, it's it's combustible all over the place, and there's not enough balls to
4: go around. Yeah. And not- then to and then to talk about say you were muzzled here, you had to pass the ball more. So, first on. of all, Joel Embiid it was the best player on the team. You better pass the ball. You led the you led the league in assists, like you know, like stop acting like you know you were so ineffective on offense, right? And and honestly, when they tried to play through you at times, you were ineffective. You were inefficient, ineffective, you were streaky at best. Um, out of the 13 games played in the playoffs, you gave the you gave the Sixers two good games. Like, let's like see his highs are too far from his lows. And that's why I can't, I, I can't I can't rock with that, man. And besides, another thing too, you think going to the Clippers with more star power, you think you're gonna have more freedom? Right. Right.
3: <laughs> well, the other thing I'm- is like this was a great way. To sort of transition the tail end of your career to be the playmaker distributor guy. It was perfect. You led the league in assists. It like it, it worked. Keep rolling with that. You, you, that's the best way for you to keep collecting big checks, James, which seems to be your priority. So CP3 does
4: it that way. I, CP3 I, and he ain't stupid. He gets it. That's just, I,
3: uh, anyway, all right, let's let's move on from him. Um mm-hmm. CJ McCollum has got another a collapsed lung again. He went through this just three years ago, man. That's a, it's a little troubling here.
4: Uh, yeah, that's that's current, scary, man. Yeah. yeah you know, CJ McCollum, you know, I've always, I've always been a, you know, a really big uh, CJ McCollum fan. I love them. I love them with Portland. You know, he's always been an effective score, uh, you know, on all three levels, man. Um, and also just a good dude knows the game, smart guy. Um Businessman, he has a uh he, he has a thriving wine business. Um, you know, he's a a, a guy that you love to hear talk about the game. Mm-hmm. So seeing that he's going through this, man, it it really sucks. Uh, still a relatively young guy, in my humble opinion. Yeah, uh, what is he? He's well, he's 32 in NBA years. He's I yeah, guess he, considered But a, I,
3: I could see this guy yeah, play like for 42 years
4: easily. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, underdog story coming out of Lehigh. You know what I'm saying? Uh yeah. around he he he's he's always been an effective player, right? You know, uh this past season, uh, this season through the six games he played, he was averaging 21 points last season, 20 points the year before that, 24. Yep. Um, but you know, for his entire career, he for his entire career he's averaged 19.4 points. But if you extrapolate those his first two seasons uh in Portland where he was, you know, coming off the bench and really didn't get too much time. If you extrapolate those years, man. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. For ten straight years in the NBA, he's averaged twenty or more points. That's, That's the, the kind of guy you want, man. That's impressive. Yeah. For ten, ten straight years, he's been the he's he's been the the model uh, for consistency, man. And he's not one of those guys that rests and sits out game. He plays. Yeah. If, yeah, if he's yeah. healthy, he'll. If he's healthy, he'll play. Yeah. But um over the past, you know, five years or so, he's kind of been dealing with some nagging injuries, man. And the, the lung is one of them. I and mean, you don't want to play around with that. So um I'm I'm, I'm hoping for the best um for CJ yeah. McCullough, man. It just seems like a a, a a cool dude, man.
3: All right. Let me give you some uh baseball updates. Uh Craig Council leaving the Brewers. He's gonna coach the Cubs. The Cubs have fired David Ross. Craig Council goes there. Uh Carlos Mendoza. Hired by the Mets to be their manager. Steven Boat uh gets the the nod as the Guardians new manager. So some some guys changing addresses and some guys uh stepping in there baseball wise. So we'll you know we'll start to see some hot stove stuff and some Philly stuff, you know, heating up, that's for sure, uh as as we get going here into the offseason, as as the uh the playoffs came to a close last week. So that's uh that's two things baseball-wise. Happening. I wanted to mix in a little bit tone of college football here. Okay, cool. So, Let's do it. USC fired their defensive coordinator. Uh, they lost 52-42 to Washington. Uh, their defense has been kind of a mess this year. Feels a little bit like uh like a finger pointing move from, from Lincoln Riley, but nonetheless, uh his offense did score 42 and they still lost by 10. Um, uh, so that happened. Colorado's now lost three straight and five of six before the game. Saturday, Saturday, they, they, I guess, demoted Sean Lewis, who was their offensive coordinator slash play caller. And you know who they turned to, to call plays Pat Shermer, former Eagles (laughs) offensive coordinator, actually coached a game when buddy or buddy, when Chip Kelly got canned, he did, he, he Former, uh,
4: former Giants coach too, right? Correct. Correct.
3: Yeah. So, Uh, You know, I don't know. I, I think Colorado was, was an amazing story and start, but the reality is when you don't have the horses in the trenches at the offensive line and the defensive line, eventually it's going to start catching up to you when you, when you start really playing the big boys and what you're seeing is Shador Sanders taking a beating the offense, not being as effective. And you know now, Deion's you know reacting to, to what's going on here. We're trying to change things up a little bit.
4: Yeah, you know the reality is, man. You know he took over a situation that was dead in the water. Right. I mean, completely dead in the water. And he completely shifted the fortune or the optimism of not only that program but uh, the city of Boulder. Um, that 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 school. He's brought so many eyes, so many, uh, so much attention. Um, you know, to, you know, to, you know uh, to, to that team, you know, you got to get credit where credit is due. And, you know, you, you got to crawl before you can walk, man. You know, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day. And look, the reality is they're four and five right now and they have struggled. They have struggled in the pack 12. They're one and five in the pack 12. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, you know, they've struggled in their conference. The pack 12 was about to be non-existent anyway. So we're about to see where this thing goes, but overall, man, when you think about where they were last year, and where he's brought them now, listen, man, he's trying to literally. It's almost like trying to rebuild the program from the ground up. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like. Think about you know Coach Crocker. Where, you know what he's doing in Eastern, right? He's trying to build a, a, a build a program from literally dust. It, it was mm. nothing there. He's literally building from the studs, the foundation, everything. He's putting the con- he's laying the concrete down himself. Um, kind of similar. You know what's going on in Colorado, man. There was no foundation, there no concrete, no no sand. It's just, just nothing. And he, and you know he you know he has obviously he has a lot much more financial backing than Eastern University, of course. But um, you no, know, it's all it only can get better from here, right? Yeah. It only can get better. And because of the attention he's bringing to the program, and the reality is, nil is such a huge deal. You know, uh, you know, in this industry, with nil being as, as important as it is. And as many as, and as many eyes that Dion is gardening over there, teams players are going to want recruits. Players are going to want to go there. So I'm I, I'm willing to bet next year they you know they'll be ranked. I don't know if they'll be top five. Right, because it's 10. easier
3: to it's easier to correct things on the fly quicker now than it was yeah. back in the day, yeah. without
4: question. But, but without they'll definitely points. be ranked. They'll be ranked next year for sure.
3: Oh, I, I I think they will too. I I would agree with that. The issue the thing is he's going to if Shador comes out, he's going to have to replace him obviously, you know, with a quarterback and that
4: kind of stuff, but we'll I don't, see. I don't I don't think he's coming out though. I don't think so.
3: You think he's going to stay?
4: I think he's going to stay. He's going to make
3: a lot of NIL money and and it's not like he's hurting for money anyway, you know, considering right. his family situation. So, William, we'll see. Right. I mean, the only the, the only problem I have no, of course, I have no problem with kids staying in. If you want to stay in college and you're, you feel like you're not ready to make that leap yet, man, by all means, stay in. I just worry about in it, about football players getting hurt, getting serious injuries. That's the only, my only concern is it would be that. Um, all right, man. It was a lot of fun today, Tone. Great job, yeah, man.
4: Rob, I appreciate you, man. You made, you made it easy, man. I appreciate you.
3: Uh, hey man, I, I love working with you. So I want to thank everybody in the chat. Uh, excellent job. Uh, great points uh, from all of you guys want to thank everybody streaming, everybody listening, and uh, we have the National Football Show coming your way uh, next with Dan Silva. By the way, I I, I meant to remind people this or let people know about this earlier in the show. Tone Thursday, we're going to have Brian Dawkins on with us. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, So we're looking forward to that. Like tomorrow, it's going to be a lot of kind of looking at where the Eagles are at this point and, you know, gauging them with the other teams in the NFC and then, of course, looking
4: forward uh to the Chiefs and what that game is gonna hold.
3: All right, we gotta run. Yeah. Tone, yep. see you tomorrow, my friend. Yep. Uh look Quick shout out yep. to our
4: guy D gun, man. Quick shout out to our guy D gun. You know, we yep. really appreciate yep. him. And prayers um, up. you know, we and, and D gun, we love you, man. Uh, a lot of prayers, a lot, a lot of love being sent your way, my guy. Um better days are coming, best believe it. Amen. Amen. to that. That's for sure.
3: All right. Uh that'll do it for us. We uh we'll be back with you tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Don't go anywhere. National football show coming your way. We appreciate it for Tone. I'm Rob. Take care. Have a great Monday.